0: Ladies and gentlemen, fetch your dog. For this is a Fred the Alien Productions podcast. Here, boy, here, boy, <laughs> <Hey> boy. <laughs> Cue the music.
1: I don't know what we're yelling
2: about. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Oh oh doc, uh, Are you telling me you built a time machine?
1: Can I get DeLorean? The way I
2: see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a
1: car, why not do it with some style? Who is this? What's
2: your operating number? Conversation anyway. Loud noises Hello. Hello, hello.
0: Hello, hello. I'm a Kendall Richardson. And I'm Peter Cudrow.
2: <laughs> well, it's a tribute to him anyway. Yeah, long he rests in his own manure because he's a gardener, you see.
0: <laughs> yes. Very appropriate. Yes,
2: yes, he, yes. He's returning to the earth that he loved so much. Yes, yes. He, well, he was an activist. And I'm a Michael Lister. And you and are now experiencing. You just experienced. <laughs> <laughs> the intro to a podcast called Fred. Yeah. yeah. And that was your blooming lot for the week yeah I'm really peeking the mic, Jesus. <laughs> it's all set up and it's all skew if
0: it's all skew if
2: I'll turn down the grain see see if that helps. Hello, there we go <laughs> you better either, yes, well, you can either put that leave that in fully area or or not speaking of fully area. <laughs>
0: Yes, fully uh, un- unfortunately, sadly, she is not with us this week because she's on the ice. Um, she's on thin ice. <laughs> no. No. She's on she's skating on secure ice while she, you know, chases down a puck and tries to score some goals and yeah. prevent the other team from doing so.
2: Chasing after that mother pucker.
0: That mother pucker. Yeah. Yes, so she couldn't be here uh, tonight, but um, as 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 previously uh, on this show when she's not been here, she's um, left us a plethora of knowledge um, from her brain about the things going on um, in our episode today. So she's still with us in some form, that's for sure. Um, so we miss you, Fulia, and we'll hopefully see you next week for, you know, the big... Big episode, I imagine, next week um, yes. with a, cer- a certain finale happening.
2: Or I might leave. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns into a turns into a a, a monthly. <laughs>
0: yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be a monthly special. Who knows?
2: No, nah, I wouldn't do that.
0: No, don't do that. It's, you need Spec- to be here next. Especially week. Especially
2: with this uh, finale. Yes. Seeing if it yes. uh, sticks to landing. <laughs>
0: Yes, I'm very very in- on on the hot hot heels anticipating this one. But um but yes, we'll get into it later. Yes. Um firstly, we must check in with with Folia and what she's been watching in the last week. Um she says I've had a lot of catching up to do this past week. Yes, you have, my dear. I love <laughs> you, but goddamn. <laughs> it was a busy week the week before. Uh, but it seems Fully has had the time to go back and um, catch up on all of the awesomeness. Starting with, she says, Grace and Frankie, I have watched the episodes that were released in Season 7, which was only four now, so I wait for the rest when they become available next year. Very nice. Hmm. Um, I have also watched Part 2 of Masters of the Universe, or Revelation Season 1, and I am loving it.
2: Hey, Um, yay, fantastic! Yay, 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 I said hey,
1: what's going on?
0: (laughs) Hey, goodness, so good. Um, glad glad to hear it for you. I'm so glad you're loving it. I knew you would because it's it's freaking amazing. Um, Frickin' amazing. She goes on, I also watched the two-part Lego Masters Bricksmas special. Yay! Um, I'm sad they couldn't make it like about three to five episodes. I'm with you there. Mm. Uh, but But it was great to see more Lego builds that were based around Christmas. Watching Brickman help out the teams with their builds was so good. His creativity with Lego always amazes me and sometimes inspires me to build Lego. And lastly, I kicked off the festive month with one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. I always watch it every year without fail. Ah, but nice. which one? Nice. I'm assuming the Jim Carrey one because she likes Jim Carrey, okay, quite a bit. So that'd be that'd be my guess. But you are correct. There are there are a few versions of the Grinch who stole Christmas now.
2: Yeah, there um, are three.
0: There are three, but the I for me, Jim. I don't know about you, Mike, but the Jim Carrey uh, iteration is my go-to for for the Grinch. Mm. I think I don't know if that's just because it came out when we were at that right age for uh, it. But. Yeah,
2: I think it was because I do have a soft spot for that.
0: Yeah, it's a generational thing.
2: But uh, I do enjoy the Chuck Jones um, animated version.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely um, definitely a, a worth a watch. That's for sure. Um, yeah, nice Fulia. That's a really great roundup of of excellent content that you've been watching. Um, very nice. Yeah. Can't wait to actually talk to you in person. About um, MoTu and and Lego Masters because we need we need to have fangirly moments um, <laughs> <laughs> over it, um, but yeah, um, Michael, I would love to know what you've been watching the last week.
2: I actually haven't been watching much, uh, especially after what ha uh, has watched. Um, um, yeah, I can contrast it with not much at all, except for the stuff they were about to talk, talk about later on. Um, but I will say uh, me and the wife actually sat down to watch a Christmas movie uh, that she hasn't seen but I've seen and uh, because it is the season uh, and uh, it's her first time watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ah, uh,
0: wonderful. Yes. <laughs> how, did, how did that go? <laughs>
2: um. Well, I'm guessing... <laughs> <laughs> uh sure. she she did I, I'm not sure if she enjoyed it but she definitely had had some emotions and a bit of reactions as well um <laughs> especially with <laughs> the uh the el- electrocuting the cat <laughs> episode um <laughs> yeah no. yeah sort of the setup of the cat like chewing on the um the christmas lights is like it's like, oh no. And it says, Yeah, you're not gonna like this bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're not gonna boondock saints me, are you? It's like, Yes. It's yeah. Like
1: hmm. But <laughs>
2: but with a very funny payoff. Yes. You don't see a a, a body, it's completely fried. So yeah. <laughs> you know. Swings oh. and roundabouts.
0: Yes, swings and roundabouts.
2: Yeah, so that's mostly what I've been watching. I've been watching Christmassy stuff and been watching Christmassy yeah, cool. stuff with with the children as well. Um, watching uh, some Disney uh, Christmassy stuff. Uh, we watched the um, the Mickey's Christmas Carol, and tried tried to watch Muppets Christmas Carol, but she said no, my turn. I'm gonna watch something else. So she watched Muppet Babies instead. Oh come on, Zelda. Well, it was a Muppet's baby's Christmas special thingy. So
0: Oh, okay. Right. Yeah.
2: Um I mean she does enjoy <laughs> the um uh Halloween uh episode as well. So Yeah. So and she watched that today as well, so yeah, you know. You can't yeah. have everything, but <laughs> you know when all the family get together this this uh holiday we're we're gonna be watching Muppet's Christmas Carol. Very nice. It's like a tradition in our house. Oh. Yeah. And we'll be celebrating Christmas uh, in this house too. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's going to be exciting and daunting at the same time. Yep. Never done it before and probably never will again. So (laughs) 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 Nah, kid. We'll probably really enjoy it. I mean... With my family, it's all hands on deck, so mm. it, it's not just one one family's um turn to do everything it's it's a it's a family effort, and it's good that is good so what about you, Kendall? do you you like Christmas families or family Christmases <laughs>
0: um, I mean, I'm not like super close with my family, so um I mean I just go up and see my mum and dad and my brother. We'll be there as well, and we'll just, you know, have a lovely feast that Mum will put on, and uh, and a few drinks. And last year we watched Die Hard, um, <laughs> as a family, which was great. And I found out that it's actually my dad's favorite. It's either my dad's favorite movie or my dad's favorite Christmas movie, I, or probably both. But <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize he liked Die Hard that much. So Sounds that, like that was like cool.
2: any excuse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So that was that was fun, yeah. yeah. So ho- hopefully we'll do that again this year, but who knows?
2: Watch Die Hard, watch Gremlins, you know, yeah. all the Christmas classics.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Hmm. I might throw Might throw in an Iron Man three in there for good measure. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: probably Deadpool as well. Only the yeah. um, uh, the montage scene.
0: Yes, just the montage. Yeah, yep. and it's, it counts. Uh, yeah, it counts. <laughs> it counts. It counts, um, but yeah. Speaking of watching um, my week, I similarly to you, Mike, I haven't watched too much stuff this week because I have a, I've had a very busy week outside of um, watching things. Um, but um, I have managed to finish season five of the X Files, which is cool. Oh,
2: sorry, X Files, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a show starting with X in the 90s. I mean, you know, close enough. Yeah. Um but um but yeah, no, so I finished that season 5 and uh I haven't no had a chance yet um because actually if you're doing a proper watch of the X-Files, this is the point where you watch the first movie that they did. Yeah. So I actually I'm actually up to the first movie now, which is cool.
2: Ah, cool. So you're going to yeah. So you're going to do it like um that sort of watch along with Dragon Ball Z. So you sort of stop between when the movies come out.
0: Yeah, well it's like how I how when I when I do epic rewatches of Buffy and Angel, I watch them in like not entirely in airing order, but like in the story order in terms of like where crossovers would happen. But oh, I like yep. to watch it I like to watch everything in an order that get gives you the best viewing experience, I suppose, in terms of taking in the story and um, I was looking up on ways to watch The X-Files, not that it's too complicated, really, but, um, but yeah, a lot of people recommended watching the movies as they come out. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and this is the only one that slots in in the middle of the show, so... Because mm. um, the other one, the other film cu- uh, came out after, um, like, in between the end of the initial run and the reboot that happened years later, so that's easier to, to follow. But, yeah... Um, so I'm excited to get into that. I'll probably will hopefully should find the time this week to to watch that. So that'll be good. Um, and then what else did I partake in? Oh yeah, I also similar to Folia finished um, Lego Masters Brixmas mm. um, the the second part. And um, I know Folia is not here, but I have to I have to give a hot take. My my only pet peeve with with Lego Masters in general is that I think. The winners are very easy to predict. Um, unless I'm just getting that good at guessing what Brickman likes. Because I predicted the winner. Um, and, uh, and I'm like, that's fine. Because they were really good. Um, and I'm blanking on the name of the woman now who won. Um, and Fulia is probably yelling it at me. I'm sorry. Um, but she, she was partnered with Michael, who was a former contestant on the show. Um, Is there? She'll probably
2: insert her own audio file here. It's like it was blank. It was blank.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mister Black. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Feel free to do that for you. Um,
2: Redacted.
0: Redacted. But yeah, I like. I was like, okay, they're clearly going to win. So that's my only pet peeve: is that they don't really. There's no suspense in terms of the quality. But I suppose it's a bit harder when you're doing a a celebrity contest special sort of thing, because they're not professional. Not that Lego people are professional, but you know what I mean? They're not like as experienced as the, the people that they usually get on the show. So, um, But anyway, I really enjoyed it quite a bit, um, but it did get a bit real because um, Whipper, uh, who was on it, um, he ended up um, getting a text message during filming that he was a close contact um, of someone with COVID, so he actually had to leave mid-shoot um and isolate so like there's literally half the episode he's in the studio and the other half he's he's zooming in from an ipad um and i was like wow okay there's a little bit a little bit too real there but um but they made it work um nice <laughs> yeah real times world we live in. real world coming into
2: scary Ooh. Mm.
0: Mm. but it was it was very good watch i'm very glad i watched it i had a lot of fun um I can't wait till, uh, to see um, season f- four, I think, now. They're up to season four. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's season four they're up to now, um, next year. So that's exciting. Um, and lastly, I just want to mention that I uh, went to the cinemas during the week, of course, um, and I happened to watch uh, The Power of the Dog, which um, just went on Netflix, actually. But this is a film that you can catch in the cinema if you would like. Um, but you can watch it at home if you prefer, on Netflix. Uh, stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Jesse Plemons, and Cody smith mcphee It's set in Montana in the nineteen twenties, and it's about these, you know, these two brothers who are like ranchers, basically, um, and uh, and one brother marries uh, a widow. Um, and which causes some trouble. Um and the other because the other brother is a bit of a hothead, um, very stubborn kind of guy, um, who's just, yeah, very complicated. And that's the character that Benedict Cumberbatch plays. And uh yeah, it was an incredible performance from him. I mean the entire cast was fantastic. Um and it was a very well written uh film, very well performed and beautifully shot too. It was directed by Jane Campion, actually. Um who uh, famously directed *The Piano* amongst many other films, and I found out at the end, in the credits, they filmed the entire thing in New Zealand, mm. but <laughs> but they made it, they they made it look like Montana. It was insane. I was yeah the the power of movie movie magic. Yeah, really. Yeah, I was very impressed. Very good movie. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it.
2: Well, that's a bit like uh, the Arrowverse looking. <laughs> looking like chicago but it's really in canada.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They make a they like a lot of those shows they film in Vancouver in and around Vancouver and they do such a good job of making Vancouver look like other places around the world. It's uh it's very impressive. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: Definitely does remind me of that joke in Austin Powers too. As a it's a, it's amazing how the uh the countryside of England looks like northern california.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or I've seen there's this uh, there's like this meme that comes up in my I'm in a couple of Stargate groups on Facebook because they also filmed in uh around Vancouver and there's like this meme of like them you know, the the main characters are supposedly off world and it was like funny how like outer space looks like the the forests of British Columbia. Uh, <laughs> Like, well, yeah, you know, it's sci-fi. Um, anyway, that's me. That's my weekly watchings, um, which brings us now, of course, of, of course, that's not a word, <laughs> um, brings us now, of course, to uh, the nerdy news.
2: This is the news and nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdedom, the hostess with most s, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall.
0: All righty. It's nerdy news time. And unfortunately, I must start the news off with um, some sad news to report because, um, Australian cinema this week lost uh, one of its biggest icons. Um, David Gulpalil sadly passed away um, earlier this week at the age of 68 after a private battle with lung cancer. Um, for those, those of you listening outside of Australia, probably wouldn't be too familiar uh, with him, but um, he's had quite the, quite the film career Um, here in our country Um, with a breakout performance of course in Walkabout um, which made him a star Um, and then again in uh, the original version of Storm Boy Um, more recently um, he starred in um, let's see uh, Rabbit Proof Fence uh, Charlie's Country Ten Canoes and then earlier classics such as The Tracker, The Last Wave and of course Crocodile Dundee Um, but yeah so he's he's got an incredible legacy um, that he's leaving behind and it just uh, yeah breaks my heart that he's left us too soon Uh, there was a documentary that came out um, recently uh, about him about his life uh, called My Name is Gulpalil um, which is directed by Molly Reynolds Um, I highly recommend people checking that out uh, for some more insight into the incredible person that he was. So, um, yeah, very, very sad to report on his passing this week, but um, must be mentioned because he was an icon amongst amongst us Aussies. That's for sure. Mike, do you have any thoughts you'd like to share on the late David Gopalil?
2: Uh Plenty, plenty. I'm such a prolific actor and activist as well. Um, uh, bring Bringing that sort of voice... Uh, voice to um First Nations people, especially in Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and and just prolific. He's he's been in so many like iconic Australian films as well, start mm. starting with mm-hmm. like starting with Walkabout and going all the way to like even Luhrmann's Australia as well as King George. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, he's been in everything and he he's going to be very sorely missed and the um I know I don't like um, award shows, but the actors are coming coming up next week uh, in uh, Wednesday. And oh yeah, it, yeah. There's and no doubt there's going to be a huge huge segment about him because you know he he was he was the guy that you you go to and he just made he just made everything he just made everything like upper tier level. Uh, yeah. E- even in Rabbit Proof Fence where he did sorry Rabbit Proof Fence where he he didn't really talk much he was he's essentially uh the tracker and uh he didn't he didn't need to say anything about about his um story in in that where he was hired to find find these girls and he and he was like the best tracker but but you could see it in his face that you know he didn't want to find them because uh spoilers alert um uh, these kids uh, the these children were t- taken from their families of course of course this is like a huge blight on the Australian like history of uh, of the stolen generation and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and they were trying to get get these girls uh, back to their quote-unquote foster fa- family or you know whatever uh, but they escaped and they wanted to go home and 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 um, his character definitely didn't want want them to like go back to that that endless barbaric cycle because there was a lot there was a lot of torture there was a lot there was a lot of mistreatment with with that and such a huge huge like uh thing to tackle for that
1: Mm.
2: (sighs) yeah so and but then you've got um Crocodile Dundee where he played Neville (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah um (laughs) Yeah, uh, we we, yeah uh, yeah we all remember the um the uh, oh sorry yeah, you can't take my photograph. It's like oh that you you think you'll take take your spirit spirit away. It's like no, you got lens cap on. <laughs> <laughs> just the right just the right balance of uh, of taking the Mickey and also uh, playing playing um you know uh, an Aboriginal person on screen and he was like yeah. one of the first and. They yeah. kept on bringing him back, and no more. But unfortunately, so hats off to him, and mm-hmm. may 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 uh, he live in power. Yeah, R- rest absolutely. in power.
0: Yep, absolutely, he will definitely be missed. Okay, let's lift up the room mm. a bit and get into some pretty exciting Marvel news we have to talk about. Starting with. Um, Some more casting news revolving the upcoming Secret Invasion series. Um, This is kind of a no-brainer, but I wanted to mention it anyway because it was announced this week that Kobe Smulders, in fact, will be uh, reprising her role as Maria Hill um, in Secret Invasion, which, you know, makes total sense because this is the show with, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury center stage as he, uh, you know, goes into whatever's happening with the scrolls, Um, you know. So I can't wait for that. Um, so it makes perfect sense to have her in the show because uh, the two of them make a great uh, kind of a duo and have done over the course of the last 10 years, I think. Uh, it's fair to say, and I really am a fan of Kobe Smulders and and what she brings to Maria Hill as a character. Like we haven't had a chance, obviously, to go too deep into her, and maybe in a series we will. Um, but I always enjoy seeing her every time she's on the screen because she's such a badass. So <laughs> I'm 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 even more excited for Secret Invasion now. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, already,
2: the the look of um of uh, of um... Fury with his no 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 um, eye patch and just just badassery being great, great didn't didn't do it for you. Oh no, that
0: did they definitely definitely did it for me. I'm pretty sure my jaw hit the floor for a solid two minutes after I saw that shot. So I was like, oh okay, all right, let's do this. Um, <laughs> but no no no, now this just kind of you know seals the deal, ups the ante a little bit maybe i just i don't know i just it's good it's just it's it's a nice i guess it's kind of a nice relief that it's confirmation that she's in it and he's in it and it's just going to be good so um
2: motherfucking yeah. scrolls
0: motherfucking scrolls they're going to be everywhere soon mm. or or everywhere already who knows it's a secret huge um <laughs> mike uh, do you have any thoughts on, on Kobe Smulder's Rocking Up in Secret Invasion.
2: Yeah, I think Maria Hill has always been a scroll. <laughs> what a twist I reckon, would that be? I reckon, I reckon. That'd be so good. I reckon she's always been a scroll. Holy
0: shit. <laughs> I didn't even consider it. That would be fucking cool. What if she's like the big bad of the show? Oh.
2: Uh, mm, I wouldn't. No. Too far? Maybe not um
0: okay because, well in in league with the big Bad, clearly
2: yeah i think i think because um uh ah oh, i i can't remember the character's name but but you know um uh but those two couple sc- scrolls um that were also in um uh at at the end of um uh nowhere home
0: you mean far from home far from are home, you talking yeah. Yeah, you're talking about um, Ben Mendelssohn's character and the chick, his wife? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, T- Taylos is his name, and I can't remember her name. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I-,
2: I really think they... Um, I think Mario has always been a Skrull.
0: Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's back up for a second, because my brain just clicked. Because Maria Hill and Nick Fury were both Skrulls in that movie the whole time. Yeah. So, do you think that even though that was that was a, a scroll that we know pretending to be Maria Hill, do you think that the legit real Maria Hill is actually a scroll? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just needed to clarify that. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Do, what, 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 what? Why? Yeah. What, sorry, I'm gonna stop interrupting you. To let you explain why you think so.
2: <laughs> well, because I'm still thinking way back with um uh um uh, uh, Captain America Civil War. Where she was always on Fury's side, uh, and because of the, uh, we learned about the infiltration of, of Hydra, and how. Oh,
0: do you mean Winter Soldier? Sorry.
2: Winter Soldier? Yeah. You said civil. You said civil war. Yeah. Sorry. Soldier? Sorry. Um. Yeah. One of the Captain Americas. Um, <laughs> one of them. The better one? one? I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Winter Soldier. Ooh. So- Ooh. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, with Winter Soldier, where are um. Where fury had to go underground, and the only person mm. who knew of his uh quote unquote uh death were, was maria and yeah. and that's how she she introduced um like scar scarlet and and all, all the rest are say uh, he's not really dead here he is, yeah, it's been ages since I've watched that movie, I think that's how it goes, so um, it's
0: kind of how it goes yeah,
2: so i'm th- thinking um all the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that weren't from HYDRA are scrolls. <laughs> I'm now thinking. <laughs> There's no real legitimate wow. ones. Except for Fury, who's actually human.
0: Wow. Hang on, wait, 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 wait. Not, But not Coulson, though. I mean, Coulson's not in this.
1: Oh. Well, I don't think he's in this. Okay, I <laughs> bet.
2: Mm, yeah, probably not. He He's probably somewhere flying a car or something some bullshit um (laughs) yeah i don't think he is okay but but yeah i stand by it colson's a scroll as well
0: okay i'm just um i'm just kind of fact checking i'm wondering if colson might be in because i feel like i remember ...hearing that he was going to be in Secret Invasion. But I think it's just that he's going to be... ...in something in general.
2: Probably mentioned.
0: Um, and they're saying Secret Invasion. Um, okay. But then... ...the Colson that we have... ...now... ...is not... ...like... ...the way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended got i've got to remember I, I it's been well over a year since i watched the end of it i can't remember if he cuz like he was a he was an lmd at the end so life model decoy um so he wasn't real anymore he was Coulson is dead dead proper dead spoilers for agents of shield um but um yeah i, I think the the lmd was still kicking around at the end or they turned him off i can't remember i forgive me i cannot remember so but yeah, that's
2: alright, uh, it's not canon anymore, so
0: yeah, yeah, technically Agents of Shield is you know how it feels? Now I know how Star Wars fans feel <laughs> felt when they when they made the fucking the the legacy or legends or extended universe, whatever it is, you know. Not not canon anymore. Yeah. Um now I know how that feels.
2: <laughs> hey. Anyway. Uh, guess what? I'm a Doctor Who fan.
0: Yeah. None of it <laughs> yeah, yeah, is you, canon. Yeah, you know more than most. And then
2: everything is canon at the same time.
0: (laughs) That's confusing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Just go with the flow. Just go with the flow. I'm
2: not (gasps) a fan, I'm fluid.
0: You're fluid.
2: I'm a fluid fan.
0: Fluid fan. All right, um, let's get into the next item of news. Um, So some Sony Marvel news. Um, But it is relating to the MCU because it's to do with whether or not we will be seeing Tom Holland as Spider-Man in the future. So, according to um, producer of the the Sony Spider-Verse, Amy Pascal, um, she said that they're already in the works of uh, making the next movie um, with Marvel Studios and that apparently... Uh, According to her she says uh, and I am quoting uh, this is not the last movie um, talking about No Way Home that we are going to make with Marvel this is not the last Spider-Man movie we are getting ready to make the next one with Tom Holland and Marvel it just isn't part of um, And she kind of trails off and then starts a new sentence. Um, we're thinking of this as three films, and now we're going to go on to the next three. This is not the last of our MCU movies. Oh. Uh, yes, Tom Holland did have a response to this rumblings, because obviously uh, he, along with the cast of No Way Home, uh, have begun their massive press tour um, for the movie, which is out in like 10 days. Um, super exciting. Yeah. Uh, But, um, so uh, as soon as this news broke, um, uh, yeah, he was asked about it and basically in traditional, okay, well not in traditional Tom Holland style because he's known for saying too much, but, um, in traditional Marvel style, he's, he kind of kept his cards close to the chest and didn't really, I think he kind of played coy and said, oh, this is the first time hearing of this or, you know. Like, I can't really say much or whatever. I'm down for the ride. Whatever they want me to do, I'm on board. Like, he wants to keep playing Mm. Spider-Man. I think the word on the street was that he was done. Uh, Like, No Way Home was going to be the last one. This is the end of his contract. Like, after that big kerfuffle a couple of years ago when the internet rioted like never before. Um, to have him kept in the MCU. Um, I assumed it was only up until now. Um, but the, these rumblings from Amy Pascal make me think otherwise. But I have good friends of mine who are still very skeptical of this news. So, And I have also seen one of the Russo brothers refer to uh, Tom Holland as being the next Tony Stark, the next RDJ going forward in the MCU as this, like, connective tissue character who pops up in other films. Um, So there's that to consider. I don't know how true that'll be. Uh, Because the Russo's aren't exactly super involved at the moment with Marvel Studios. Yeah, get in your lane. But... um,
2: (laughs) Just because (laughs) you've made made the most (laughs) successful Marvel film doesn't mean you know shit.
0: (laughs) 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 But yes, they they may have some insight that we do not. Um, But yeah, regardless, I mean, I feel like it would be stupid for them to to let tom holland go at this point Mm. um because his trilogy of films and of course i'm speaking ahead of time but trilogy of films have been has been widely successful um and and just groundbreaking in terms of spider-man storytelling Uh, and like, you know, No Way Home is literally, I think about to, you know, blow everyone's minds. Like we've we're going to see shit we've never really seen before. And this is coming from someone who's, you know, seen Captain America whole Mjolnir, which just sounded like a pipe dream really. Um, so it's just a very exciting time. And there's such momentum at the moment for Spider-Man related stuff. And because everyone likes Tom Holland, it just yeah, it would be weird if they if they nixed him at this point, but um, or put him on the back foot. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know if we if he'll get six films. It would be intense if he got six films, but we'll see. Um, Mike, what what are your thoughts on this? Do you do you ha- find any credence to these remarks of Amy Pascal's?
2: Well, it definitely uh, gives me confirmation that he's not going to die at the end of. Um no way home. True. So that gets <laughs> out of that bag. But yeah, um, I've I have heard that if this was going to be an extra three films, this would be in uh, um, uh, Peter Parker in his college years, where the other ones True. other ones are in his teenage years. So a lot a lot of people who know more about Spider Man than me. Would be more interested in, in seeing like um, Peter Parker uh, uh, down on his luck, try, uh, making his own um, uh, web shooters, making his own suit, and all, all that, going back the basics of what the comics used to be, and also what um, uh, Tobey Maguire's Spider Man was at uh, in the middle. What was it? yeah, roughly in the middle of the first Spider Man movie where where mm. he's trying to struggle for himself and yeah i i can i can sort of see him being the next stark because he he's he's a technical genius in in a way and yeah it also mm-hmm. it, it also um begs the question you can also fit in Miles Morales in there as well if we're going down that route but who knows um mm. maybe they'll do a mention of him in in um uh in this movie that's coming out in a couple of days so I mean, yeah. I mean, we already have uh, Donny, uh, Donald Glover uh, playing his uncle, uh, the Prowler. So, so the connective tissue is there. Yeah. All they have to do is, you know, just bite down on, bite down on it. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that Kevin Fegy uh, has not got his snipers out saying "shh, it's still in negotiations." Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it also it it also got me thinking. when I was talking about when we were talking about the Uncharted uh, thing, like a couple of weeks ago, it's like, well, Sony wants wants to, uh, wants Tom Holland to stay on at Sony for a bit, so he needs another like vehicle to be in, and I don't know. If uh, Uncharted doesn't work, there's still Spider-Man. He's going to do Spider-Man until he's Old Man Parker. And and yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been talking with some friends of mine about how maybe eventually they're going to be, you know, they'll probably continue the Spider-Man thing and they'll introduce a live-action Miles Morales and, and then Tom Holland will kind of go into, you know, sort of a Peter B. Parker role
2: from yeah, Into the Spider-Verse. I've heard that too. Yeah, like a that'd mentor. be cool. Mm. But I really want to see Spider-Man with Deadpool.
0: I know, I know. He's gonna be. In, he's got to be in Deadpool three. Like whatever they're doing for Deadpool three, it's got to be a thing.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> come on. <That> is such, <laughs> it's such a weird but unique and fitting team up. It's absolutely yes. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I'm up for that.
0: Up for that any day of the week,
2: but you know, hundred at the at the end of uh, No Way Home, the X Men people come in at the end because it's on the Statue of Liberty and, and and that that sort of weird conspiracy theory that's popping around. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were saying that with Wonder Vision as well that Magneto was com- going to come up, but turns out he's going to come up in um, in a. The Doctor Strange one,
0: multiverse of madness.
2: Yeah, there, there's a theory going around that uh, Wanda is going to be uh, up against one of the X Men.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel I feel like you know like Kevin Feige's been saying that they're not doing X Men for a while or or something, but like I don't know. Like, you know, the fact that they did—they decided to pull from House of M for division And then, you know, and then now that we have Scarlet Witch being who she is. And then um, just the whole Statue of Liberty thing in that No Way Home trailer has just got everyone going. That's going to be the X-Men coming in, right?
2: Like, Yeah. I still think um, don't do their own thing. I think do it in the background like they're they're sort of tie-in characters a bit like what they what they do for Hulk like he's not getting his own sort of thing he's just going to be there and and people are going to go oh sweet he's here yeah like every time he Mark Ruffalo turns up like sweet
0: yeah yeah no that makes sense yeah
2: anyway gold leader (laughs) spider-man gold
0: spider-man gold leader um, it's <laughs> right, we're done it. We're done anyway. Gold. Um, Gerd. All right, we've got one more item in the news to talk about. Um, and that is for some pretty cool casting announcements for um, the upcoming uh, universal horror film, Renfield, um, which is of course um, about uh, Dracula's uh, henchmen. Uh, Renfield um, who is an original character from the Bram Stoker novel Mm. Um, and it has featured in many uh, film adaptations as well Um, but this is the first film of its kind that will actually focus solely on Renfield and be sort of an origin story apparently Um, but the really cool news and I think we've talked about this movie before because Nicholas Holt is playing Renfield in the film but the really cool news this week uh, not only is Alquafina joining the cast, but the one and only Nicolas Cage is going to be playing Dracula.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, at first I was like, I don't know. But clearly, with this cast, the way it's shaping up, I feel like they're going for a certain look or a certain aesthetic in terms of what they want these characters to look like, I think. So, uh, because we don't know who Aquafine is playing. They have not said what her role is, but they have gone out of their way to let the world know that Nicolas Cage is going to be um, Dracula himself, um, which is just, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm more on board now. I I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. If they do it right, you know, if they don't take it too, like, I feel like if they take it themselves too seriously, it might go out the other end and not be good, but, you know, but um, I don't know. Nicolas Cage is at an interesting point in his career where he can like he can show up in a movie and not say anything, <laughs> and still be awesome. <laughs> um, or it or he can just be completely balls to the wall, insane, or he can be like super poignant and dramatic. Like he's got, he has the range, darling. <laughs> yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I can't wait to see what he brings to the table um as dracula especially because and I didn't know this apparently Robert Kirkman uh worked on the story for this film oh. so yeah so that's cool um yeah he's not he's not written the script but yeah the story outline was uh what he came up with so um yeah 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 i'm i'm super keen to see how renfield goes um i hope it's good mike what are your thoughts on this
2: well, if I wasn't interested then, I'm interested now. Yeah. <laughs> and you could go either way, but I think it's just gonna be fantastic. Even if it's a meaningless piece of shit, I would probably watch it just for Nicolas Cage, just to be Dracula. I mean Yeah. That I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't know I wanted it, but now <laughs> <laughs> But now I want want that to happen. And that is awesome. Even if... Even though it's not the main character, it's like it, it is an interesting thing of having like a side character's um, POV uh, for for a story, and just ha- and just having something, uh, just having a cast uh, a casting that's uh, pretty much fun. Just have a bit of fun, fun with it. I mean, it's 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 like the same as um, when Nicolas Cage was Superman in uh, Teen Titans <laughs> Go. Uh, yeah. If you if you don't know the story behind that, he was going to be Superman in Tim Burton's Spider in Superman. Sme- su- Superman
0: um, Li- lived. Yeah, so I Superman lived.
2: Long heads.
0: Long head Superman. Long head Superman. My word. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mm, wanted. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm just. I'm. Yeah. yeah. I'm more excited for this movie now. Yeah, me too. And and we haven't seen like uh, a first look or anything but but you can sort of see the sort, sort of thing that they're going for as well like especially with the casting as well and and having robert kirkman i mean he, he's rich he can do it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
2: he's swimming in money it's, i mean it, come armor. on he, he's got he's got everything he's got he's got zombies he's got omni-man he's got everything
0: yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
2: Can't wait for Invincible too.
0: Yes. Yes. Invincible for the win. So good. Alright. That's the nerdy news. We done for this week. Um, that was a good little wrap up I thought. Um, nice. Okay. Well, of course, that means it's now time to roll on up to the trailer park.
2: Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. He had.
0: Alright. Trailer park time. And boy, do we have some good trailers to discuss uh, this week. Starting with, of course, um, the bloody surprise of the day. Um, <laughs> out of nowhere, we have our first look at Spider-Man... Across the Spider-Verse, Part 1. Of course, this is the uh, highly anticipated sequel to uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which was one of the best, if not the best, Spider-Man films ever made. Um, It's just fantastic. And I highly recommend people watch it if they haven't seen it. But I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen it. Uh, But yeah, we got our first look at this sequel today and the fact that it's a part one means it's a part two means it's a trilogy so that's very exciting Mm. uh and it and it was so good just to see i loved i i really loved this whole thing because it's kind of i mean i don't usually go for the trailers that are kind of like a scene and then a montage but this was kind of like that but then not like that but it was done in such a way that i did That i just appreciated it and i didn't care uh, because the first half of it is just a scene taken out of the movie. And I suppose that kind of works when uh, you know, when 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 Into the Spider Verse was being promoted the first time around, um, they put in a sequence in it at as the post credit scene for Venom, um, to promote it. So yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, this is just kind of the style they like. But but no, it's a great it's a great look at what it's gonna be. I mean it you know, we get um you know, that lovely song Sunflower playing at the start, bringing us right back. And, um, and yeah, seeing, seeing Miles and Gwen interact with each other again is really cool. It was a really funny, cute little scene at the start that I, I, I quite enjoyed. Um, and then, yeah, and then we get in straight into this trippy sequence where Spider Man 2099 is there. Um that's Oscar Isaac's character from the post credit scene of into the Spider Verse, for those playing at home. Um and yeah, and they're going through all these different, like universes it looks like. It was very reminiscent in a way of Ultron and the Watcher fighting each other in what if a little bit. Just in terms of that you're falling through different these dimensions. Different, time, yeah. different dimensions, different timelines. So that was really cool. And the animation, again, I have to say, is just top-notch. I love the style of animation. It's so cool. Um, especially someone like me who doesn't really go out of their way to watch animated stuff. Like, I just... This is... It's so fresh. It's so original. It's so them. Um, and I, I just adore it. And then just the way, like, going through the different universes changes the style of animation. Um, and then how that they've managed to animate Miles and Gwen... And make them look older, but not like make it look weird, like it looks like they've naturally just aged like they've done such a good job um with you know animating them a bit i just I was just very impressed, so yeah, this is a great first look, and I can't wait for this movie to come out. It's gonna be amazing um Fulia had some thoughts, Mike, did you want to read those out?
2: Yes, yes, that's what Fulia said. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'm just going to quote Fulia here Yes, I need this movie ASAP! Exclamation mark. Loving the animation style for this one and I can't wait to see more I agree Fulia, this is absolutely fantastic um, uh, This is one of the Spider-Mans that uh, my little girl has watched and she really enjoys it
1: Aww. Yeah, uh,
2: I, wa- I was watching it this morning and my little girl just it's like, what are you watching? Because she knows the song because she's seen the movie before, uh, and she's watched it a, a couple of times, and she's watching it it's like, ah, oh, and she's like, it's like taking my phone away from me, and and like, <laughs> and when it's finished, she goes back and watches it again. It's like, mmm. No. So that would mean coming up October, she, I think she'll be. Um, I think she'll be wanting to watch this movie in the cinema. I think so.
0: In the cinema. Wow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I really really enjoyed during this um uh, trailer uh being what it was. Yeah, a little snippet of the scene and um, it got me got me theories happening at the moment. Uh, yeah. with uh, Miles like fall, falling uh fall, say going across, there we go, going across the universes, the spider verses. And changing the style as well is is, uh, fantastic as well because that was in the first one where um, all the glitches and that, it was like changing different styles and that of um, uh, different styles of animation as well as different styles of... um, I don't know what you call it. Like, uh, just making them look different. Like, it's from different artists and that, which essentially that's what comic books are. They're they're done by different artists. So so it really is a comic book movie come to life. And it also got me thinking when Miles is actually falling into the universes, uh, he turns into like a 2D animation as well, which is quite yeah. quite interesting. And it got me thinking, maybe they're sort of putting in a live action Miles Morales in this as well. And maybe this is the Miles Morales we're probably going to get in the MCU. I don't know. <laughs> ooh, ooh maybe it's all connected and <laughs> cuz i remember um when the first one came out they they uh one of the ideas was was having um audio cameos from uh the other Spider-Mens as well like tom holland and and uh tobey maguire and and the other guy um <laughs> <laughs> andrew, <laughs> andrew Garber, garfield um and and other and <laughs> the <laughs> one that we uh would like to see but he's he's in it as well uh <laughs> but they couldn't get him in because you know scheduling and um, the and he was doing spider-man at the time and so people would probably get confused but i'm thinking because the next uh, live action tom holland spider-man is actually dealing with uh, multiverse as well maybe they'll put it in this one and And because it's part one, we get to see a live-action Miles Morales at the end. Mm, That's what I'm thinking. That'd be cool. That'd
0: be very cool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) If you're playing your cards right, Sony, you'll be doing that.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm all for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And then you can cross-promote. Uh, pollination and all that, which is awesome. So, when are we going to be seeing this, Kendall, with my little girl by my side eating popcorn? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 uh, does, in fact, have a release date already, which is nice. So, fingers crossed, there's no more delays. Um, But it is coming out on the 7th of October next year. Mm. So, it is literally 10 months from now. So um, it's going to be a long 10 months, but it'll be worth the wait.
2: Yes, it will.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, it
0: will. Okay, next trailer. We're crossing the pond to DC, as I like to say in the news, uh, because we have a nice, big, chunky trailer for Peacemaker um, that's dropped this week. And Peacemaker is
2: pretty chunky.
0: It's pretty chunky. He's pretty chunky. So chunky,
2: you can carve it.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, but you can't see him. So, you know, I don't know how that's going (laughs) to work. All right. Peacemaker. Yes. um, This is another great look at this upcoming series. Um, I I really enjoyed this trailer um, more than the first one. uh, And... Uh, You know, it showed a little bit more, but it didn't fully give away the story. But you get a kind of more of an idea what they're going to do. They're going to, and then they're going to be getting deep into his character as well. It's not just going to be an action comedy um, series, there's going to be some heavy moments as well. There's going to be some real character moments, you know, uh, which is nice. And we get to see John Cena kind of stretch his dramatic chops as an actor, which we don't really see often because comedy is really his bag. um, What are you talking about? D-
2: WWE is serious. And <laughs> and it's deep. And it's deep. Yeah. Yes. And it's heart wrenching. Mm. How dare you say you can't can't do drama? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot he was a wrestler for a second. And I do know I know I know what WWE is, but it is I know what it means to a lot of people. Um and uh yeah, it's it's not to be taken lightly. <laughs> um but in terms of his cinematic stuff he's really only done action and comedy. So, um yeah. Well, in more recent years, I mean earlier on in his film career, I think he was doing he was kind of doing like the Jason Statham type movies. Um with, you know, which is kind of action yeah. with a little bit of drama in. But anyway, I'm digging a hole now. Um Peacemaker looks fantastic though. Like this this whole show it just looks so good. Um, I'm here for the vibe of it. I'm here for the whole look of it. Um, James Gunn is on board, of course, you know, having brought the character to life in the Suicide Squad fantastically. And then, um, you know, being a producer on this show, um, you can hear it in the soundtrack, you can see it in the visuals, um, and you can also hear it in the dialogue. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just wonderful. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. Like, I don't even know where to begin. It's just, yeah, it just looks like it's awesome, fun, hilarious, a good ride through and through. So um, I can't wait. Um, Fulia had some thoughts to say on, uh, on the Peacemaker trailer. She says, I still need to watch the Suicide Squad. Um, crying laughing emoji. Um, I think that's what that is. No, um. I think that's sweaty
2: <laughs> smiling emoji.
0: Oh, sweaty smiley. Okay, right, right, right. Um, she goes on, this series looks good, it's got a lot of action, funny moments, and then the emotional side kind of throws you off a little. Now I need to know more about this character. We'll definitely be watching this. Oh my god, Mike, another DC property.
2: <laughs> Fulia's in. Yes. She's in. But she needs to see Suicide Squad, so, uh, okay.
0: <laughs> I don't, Fulia, I, okay, we're... You're going to come over to my house and you know we're going to do We're going to do Ghostbusters 2 and then we're going to do The Suicide Squad. We're going to have a movie night so I can ease you into this stuff. Well, I mean, you could probably watch Ghostbusters 2 by yourself, but um The Suicide Squad, you may need me for that one because it's very violent and very crude <laughs> and very rude. So, um, but um I think you might like it. So, but um I'm going to I'm going to make her watch it with me. So she yeah. <laughs> Has has no excuse not to watch it. Um, Make her watch it like gla- gull- gull- orange. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, literally. Don't do <laughs> that to Beethoven. Down. Or is it Mozart? <laughs> I can't, can't remember.
0: No, I think it's Beethoven. Mm. I f- I'm fairly certain it's Beethoven in that. But I haven't seen i I actually haven't seen it, so I can't talk. Um, anyway, Gold Leader. Um, very glad to hear that she's going to watch it. Mike, I don't have to ask. I know you're going to be watching this, right?
2: Mm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll definitely see if I can actually get a copy of this. I don't know how. But I don't know which streaming servers it's going to be on. It's probably binge.
0: Um binge, yeah. I would my I would wage a binge. Ah, for,
2: so, for us here. I'll see if I can see see if I can find it. See if I can nice. see if I can find it. <laughs> see if you can find it. Yeah. See if I can find <laughs> Somehow. It. Um yeah, definitely. Um definitely has uh more um uh character development in this trailer than it does in the first one which is, which is pretty cool um yeah and i'm i'm a big sucker for for some for family dramas as well i mean uh, a father and son is always it's always good i mean and especially when your dad's uh, a terminator as well that's that's fucking awesome yeah have you seen this boy I yeah don't <laughs> <laughs> you don't see him in much and it's pretty cool. Yeah, Ro-
0: Yeah, Robert Patrick is kind of he's kind of become more of a character actor maybe in his later years. Mm, mm. Um he pops up randomly in things. I
2: wonder if he blinks in this in, in the show.
0: <laughs> Runs in a straight see. line.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doesn't move
2: his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it and yeah, bit of James Gunn as well. It's all, it's always awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, when are we? It's go- an. It's. Mm.
0: I was going to say it's an awesome mix, if you will.
2: Mm, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and,
2: and also a good uh, poking fun at um, uh, American imperialism as well. It's always it always goes down in my book. Yeah. <laughs> America, <Nice>. fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when are we going to be watching a Peacemakers?
0: Peace and Maker uh, will start airing on the thirteenth of January on HBO Max if you're in the US um, and here in Australia. I I reckon binge will be the place to find it. So. Possibly
2: same time. Is it gonna be yes. a a dump or is it gonna be systematic?
0: I believe it's a week to week show. Oh, yeah. Um I, I I'm just going to assume that because a lot of HBO Max's shows, I think they're week to week. But let me let me check IMDb just to see. That's all right. If I if I'm wrong, um, um. nine episodes apparently. Um, okay, there's no nothing on IMDb. It just all says January at this stage, so they haven't updated if it's going to be all at once or week to week. So. Yeah
2: we'll find we'll out we'll find hmm.
0: we'll find out but there's um yeah there's episodes are coming
2: yeah i mean it's very i do enjoy both um probably the systematic ones is probably preferable for me i mean a lot of people do complain about about oh why can't we just watch it in a binge because you don't enjoy it as much you can't savor the moments you can't talk. Of, mm. You can't have that water cooler moments, where in well, you can't really do that anymore because who who the fuck has a water cooler anymore? You,
0: well, I mean, COVID killed the water cooler moments. Yeah.
2: COVID yeah. killed <laughs> many, many things. Mm. Handshakes, human interaction. Yep. Uh, people. Anyway.
0: Anyway, go Lita. Yeah, can't wait for Peacemaker. Um, All right. Next trailer uh, is another uh, trailer for the upcoming Guillermo del Toro film, Nightmare Alley. um, Which is, of course, a remake of the film from, I believe, the 1940s. Um, So, I am just... I'm here for it. I mean, I was here for it in the first trailer, but again, this trailer has me more interested um, because there's like a supernatural element to it, which now makes me understand why Guillermo is directing it. Because um, at first I thought he was just doing a noir thriller, but it looks like it's a noir thriller with some spookiness on the side. I'm like, oh, that's very Guillermo. Um, very Guillermo indeed. So, um, but I'm, yeah, I'm just so in. Like, it looks, it looks amazing. And you know i I'm just I'm just such a fan of his, and just as a visual storyteller, like he's he's fucking amazing. Um, and so just visually this film is has floored me, like the color palette on it, just the whatever kind of cameras they're using, or whatever's like really polishing this up to make it look new but also old at the same time because it has this modern texture to it. But also this classic flavor to it at the same time. Like it's just I don't know, there's something about it. It's just really good, um, and yeah, I can't I can't wait to watch this. Uh, and the cast, of course, you know Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, um, amongst many other names. Tony Collette, uh, Aussies represent um, <laughs> actors next week. We love, we. yes, we love to see it, uh, and yeah, I've already heard buzz about. You know Oscars for this movie, so um, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I yeah, I'm just so excited. It looks amazing. Bring it on. I want it now. Um, Mike, do you want to read what Fulia had to say about Nightmare Alley?
2: Sure thing. This one is very mysterious. I'm still on the fence about watching it. I might wait until either you two, uh, e- either of you two, have seen it, or let me know. Uh, can you move your cursor? Thank you. Uh Cena then let me know uh, if the movie can ha- I can handle uh emoji with tongue sticking out.
0: Yes. <laughs> nice. No, that's fair enough. Um what are your what are your thoughts then, Mike? What are, do you reckon you might check this out?
2: I actually might check check this out because um I do enjoy um uh his films. And I haven't seen um, Fish Out of, water. Uh, the, <laughs> the shape of yeah, water, the Shape of Water. Yeah, Shape of Water. I didn't actually know that one because it won an Oscar. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, it it looks uh, cinematically stunning, and I do enjoy I, I do enjoy period um, pieces, especially nowadays because you can film them like like ve- uh, very particular like like as you said this was a um a remake uh and it was filmed when um I'm guessing when the story was set so and their um uh, filming styles are very different uh and there's like uh, and there's like almost 100 years in between so of um of uh, different um filming styles and yeah, and it is—it is very mysterious. Of because because we—is there a supernatural element in it? It, did, it didn't really um, uphold to it. I mean, it does involve like um, a carnival, so who knows? It, I think the myster- I think the um, the clincher in it is like, what is this film? And it looks really interesting. Uh, probably probably one that I wouldn't uh, let my kid watch. Not just yet. <laughs> not just not yet. Not just yet. But, but yeah, um, I'll let you know, Fulia.
0: Yeah, we will We will let you yeah. know. So what date if, uh,
2: will we be letting Fulia know to watch it or not?
0: Yes. Well, um, Nightmare Alley will be in theatres uh, here in Australia on the 20th of January. Nice. Nice. Nice, not too far away. And speaking of things not too far away, our fourth—that's right, you heard it—fourth oh. and fo- and final trailer. Oh, we're dropping surprises, dropping bombs, dropping comets, if you will. Or is it an um, asteroid? Or is it an asteroid? Oh, has it got
2: ice on it or not? Mm-hmm. Or is it a rock?
0: Or is it a big hunk of rock? <laughs> um. Of course, we're talking about um, the latest trailer for Don't Look Up. Uh, which is the, the new... <laughs> What's above me? It's the, <laughs> it's the new Adam McKay uh, satire film um, to come out. It will be on Netflix um, as well as in theatres very soon. Um, and um, yeah, I, I said it when we talked about this, uh, The te- when we did the teaser, but uh, it's me. It's a space-related movie. I'm in. Don't have. I'm. You know. And the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is in it as well. Also, you get my money for that <laughs> because I'm. I. I love her. She's one of my favorites. And she. You know. She's taken a little bit of a break from from movie making for a bit while she's been. You know. Um. Off doing life things like. You know, getting engaged and and having a baby. Um, having baby, which is pretty cool. Having babies. It does take a lot so out it,
2: of you. Mm. Like a baby.
0: Like a baby. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) well said. Um, But regardless, I mean, you know, not just her, you've got some icons in this cast. Leonardo DiCaprio, of course, um, is her fellow uh, astronomer in this film. Uh, Meryl Streep's playing the president. Um, which is just fantastic. Jonah Hill's playing, I'm guessing, either the White House press secretary or maybe even the vice president or something. Like he's he's high up somehow. Um, and then you know you've got other people like Ariana Grande um, as well. I think she's playing herself in the movie. It seems. Um, and then of course Kate Blanchett again. Woo. Uh, two two cases in this this week's uh, trailer park, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, yeah and I really enjoyed that scene where she's playing a, a morning talk show host with um or just a news talk show host with Tyler Perry and she has they it looks like her teeth but it can't be her teeth because <laughs> there's something supremely fake with with her smile and I love the voice she's put on because there's her she's doing an American accent in the Nightmare Alley trailer but then she's doing this American accent in this trailer, and they're two completely different things, and I fucking love it. Uh, very impressive. Is that bubbly but no, American
2: this- accent that you you do get on like bloody um, American TV shows, especially like yeah. morning TV shows? Like, hi everyone, welcome. We've been up since four o'clock in the morning. Arr!
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Just a super perky, super fake voice. It's it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, you know, if you don't know the premise of this is, you know, uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Leon- Leonardo DiCaprio's characters are two astronomers and they discover a comet slash asteroid that's on collision course with the Earth and they... Go to the White House to try and warn and this is the part of the film I didn't realize was a thing because I know the premise was they have to do a press tour to warn the planet uh, of the impending doom um, that is coming but um, I didn't realize there was a, the crux of they actually went to the president and the president was like no we're just gonna you know assess things first and then we'll we'll make decisions or what, like they didn't take them seriously or something or they just have this bureaucratic way of approaching the issue, So they're like, no, 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 we're just going to go out on our own terms and break this story to the world. And so, um, and that's where the satire kind of comes in. And I was laughing so much, like, just, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a cracker. Um, I'm a big fan of Adam McKay as a, di- as a director. And I really, really liked uh, Vice, which was his last um, film of this nature. Uh, and that was based on truth. Um, and I love the way that this trailer starts with, this is based on real events that haven't happened yet, or something to that effect it was. And I, I thought that was very clever. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see this. Um, as for what Fulia had to say, she says, what a lineup of stars. And then in brackets, ba tish <laughs> Well done, Fulia.
2: I like the Anamanapia.
0: Well <laughs>
2: Bum-dum-tish.
0: Bum dum tish. <laughs> um, she goes on to say that uh, she's really curious about this film. The thought of a world-ending comet hurtling towards us is definitely scary, and I'd like to be one of those people who don't want to know that's about to happen. Fair enough. Uh, I may end up feeling very anxious after watching this movie, but I will still watch it. Ah, mm. there you go. Good. That's good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're on board. Um, yeah. It it just looks great, Mike. I'd like to know your thoughts. What are you What are you thinking? You're going to check this out. I'm
2: definitely going to check it out. And fully, if you think you're going to be anxious after watching, I think you're probably going to be anxious during watching. <laughs> because nothing more anxious than two, than your two leads that uh, two leads are trying to convince basically the world that the world's going to end, and no one is really paying attention to you, and the, and. With a movie length like that, it's just gonna be a nervous wreck until whatever happens at the end. So <laughs> are we gonna replace our bets? Uh, is is this real? Is is the comic gonna hit or are they gonna do something about it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering. I'm not putting my money on, on anything being done. I'm I'm fully going into this movie expecting the world to end it the end of it. Like that's that's it. I I reckon that's exactly where it's going.
2: I'm thinking uh, the threat is real but it does break up and nothing happens and our leads have to live with <laughs> with live with the entire world thinking that they're frauds.
0: Okay, that's a different spin on it. Yeah, it could go either way. That's yeah, it could definitely go that way where they have to kind of deal with the fact that they convinced the world and then everything was fine. Um, but for some reason, my brain's just going. Nah, I think they're gonna they're gonna fail to convince, or the government's gonna just fail to act, and everyone's just gonna die. <laughs> or
2: there's a smear on the telescope.
0: <laughs> and it wasn't even real <laughs> the entire time there was no comet there was no asteroid the entire time that would be even funnier i think
2: but i'm think i'm thinking this is probably going to be more to do with um you know things more close to home i think it's going to be an allegory to climate change as well so
0: yeah probably
2: uh, yeah so i'm thinking a um I'm thinking. I'm thinking. A couple of countries are probably not going to make it.
0: Yeah, okay. maybe the
2: whole of maybe the whole of America.
0: Maybe just America gets
2: annihilated. Yeah, <laughs> including South and Canada. That whole continent oh, is gone.
0: The entire thing. Yeah,
2: that's wow. that side of the world, and then <laughs> and then everyone else, including us, going. What was that noise?
0: <laughs> darkness that is heavy shit <laughs> i i like i like it <laughs> darkness
2: no parents no
0: parents <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, so when fantastic. are we going to be watching this darkness candle
0: yes well the darkness is coming uh in case in well, in case you ever wondered, uh don't look up might be your new favourite Christmas movie because this is coming out <laughs> on Christmas Eve on the twenty fourth of December, um, on Netflix. And it will be released I think in some uh some cinemas, so check your local listings. Cool. Um for that. Um but yeah, I'm excited. That's
2: so gonna be a Christmas movie, Souls
0: Yeah. Sweet. Let's watch the world end on Christmas.
2: <laughs> yeah, good time for it.
0: Good time for it. Good time for it. Alrighty. Uh, that's Trailer Park done. Rolling on out. Uh, and it is now time for a not-so-quick, maybe, quickie review.
2: Quickie review.
0: Because there was uh, another episode of Hawkeye that aired this week, of course, on Disney+. Plus, Episode 3 came out. Um, and uh, we are here to to, dis- to discuss it. And um, it seems that Fulia actually managed to get around to checking it out, um, which is good. So we won't have a too in-depth discussion on it, um, but we will do spoilers. So if you are wanting to avoid Hawkeye spoilers right now, skip ahead a little bit um, to Popcorn Culture. Which um, will be spoiling
2: want- another TV show. <laughs> Which will be spoiling another so TV show. If you, yes, if you don't want to get spoiled, I think you should stop watching, uh, listening right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Come back. Just go watch the things and then come back. Yes. Come back and listen. But anyway, Hawkeye. Um, I, I I I like this episode. My only problem with it, though, uh, was that I felt it ended abruptly. I felt that it ended. It was on a it was on a good momentum towards like okay let's do this let's get into some stuff um, and then it stopped um, which yeah annoyed me a little bit um, but that's okay uh, apart from that it was a very good episode I I I um I loved I loved the intro uh, the the way we got to meet Maya Lopez uh, Echo. Um, and get her backstory and get some depth to her character and some understanding of where she's coming from and what she's been through. Like, that was super cool and very interesting. Certain hints of certain uh, kingpins maybe showing up later on. Um, more than one? More than one? I don't know. No, you I don't said know. kingpins. Just, just one. I did. I did. I did. You put the plural on. I did. I don't know why I did that. I'm tired. Leave me alone. Um, no. <laughs> now, I'm going to put you up um, on your phone. Yes. Thank you. It's right. Um <laughs> Wayne would be proud. Um, well, my, na- yes, well, my middle
2: you- name is Black.
0: <sighs> the listeners at home can't see it, but I'm glaring at Michael right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so, anyway, anyway. Kinping? Kinping. King, Kingpin, Kingpin, maybe. Wilson Fisk is rumored at this point to be showing up because in the comics, um, Maya Lopez is very heavily connected to him. So um, that might be a thing. I hope they do it. Who knows if they will. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the Maya Lopez stuff. Um, and then I also really enjoyed the confrontation that followed... Uh whilst uh, Clint and Kate attempted their escape and didn't did in fact of course escape from from Maya and the tracksuit mafia. Um that was a fantastic sequence. Uh probably the best action set piece they've done so far on the show. I really, really, really liked it. I loved the trick arrows. That was sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh when he launched that PIM arrow <laughs> or when Kate or I uh, yeah, I was like not prepared for that and I was very happy. Um <laughs> and it made me laugh because of how in episode one and I think last week as well, there's like all these references to Ant-Man being a part of the Avengers um, when he's not like when back then, you know, in, in the Steve Rogers musical, he wasn't, um, you know, in, in, in around in 2012. So um, and then the fact that uh, Hawkeye happens to have a an Ant-Man related thing, um is pretty fantastic. Uh, I it was yeah it was a very cool sequence. And then um, the other part of the episode I really enjoyed was, uh, of course, the heartbreaking conversation that Clint had with his son Nathaniel over the phone. Ugh. That was done. Oh my god. I, I imagine it broke you, Mike. Oh my but I'll, heart. I'll go, yeah. I'll I'll be throwing to you very shortly for your thoughts. Um. Because yeah, like I was yeah I was tearing up. Because obviously with Maya, you know, recognizing the, you know, the fact that Clint is, is you know, she she assumed deaf at first because she saw the hearing aid. But he's like, I'm just hard of hearing. But he basically is kind of deaf without the hearing aid. And they really, the show really kind of showed us what his hearing is like without it. And he can't really hear people. Um, you know, he has to lip read a bit. Um, and then the fact that he's having a phone conversation with his son and at first he thinks it's his wife and, and then Kate has to translate for him. So, you know, write down what he's saying and, oh my God, it just, yeah, it broke me. It broke me a lot. It was, it was beautiful and very well done. And Jeremy Renner just knocked out the park with his performance, a hundred percent. So yeah, so it was, it was a good episode. There was a couple of things I didn't like, but mostly I think, yeah, um, I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, Fulia had some thoughts. Mike, did you want to
2: read those out? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> this episode was interesting. A deaf girl is hunting down Ronan for revenge because he's uh, because he uh, I think co- she means killed. Kill. My dyslexia is flying off the handle right now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm killed gonna, her gonna, father. I'm, I'm, That's all right. Yeah, ah, ki- killed. That's all right. I fixed it. That's all right. Um, yeah, I was going to say, say he, maybe, <laughs> mm. maybe it was Ronan, maybe it wasn't. Uh, mm. uh, her backstory was cool. Kate, Be- Kate Bishop is getting uh, on my nerves <laughs> with with her overconfidence. Oh. <laughs> Uh, maybe she's young dumb and stupid she she's all right uh i get it she's a very talented archer but come come on (laughs) but come on (laughs) uh if she idolizes hawkeye she has to she has to at least listen to him oh maybe maybe so you know otherwise there's no dynamic really but no, she thinks she knows what to do. She knows what she knows what to do. Ugh, sorry, uh, and no, and how to do it. Well, look where that had had her. Et ended up. Eyes roll. Jesus, Fulia, <laughs> bit sassy today.
0: Yeah, very much so.
2: <laughs> I'm going to say that so far. After watching the first three eps uh, of this show, the MCU series is not one of my favourites, but I will continue watching for the sa- sake of discussion. Hashtag candle don't hate me. Close brackets.
0: Wow. I don't hate you, Fulia. Yeah? You know that I could never hate you. But you are only going to keep watching this so we can talk about it. That is a low blow. <laughs> That is a low blow. I'm sorry to hear you're not enjoying it as much as we are. Um, Yeah, look, it's not... It hasn't done anything so far that's made me go, oh, this is fucking sick. Like, I haven't... Like, it's good. It's enjoyable. And it's great to see Clint, you know, have a light shone on him like we've not seen. And I do like Kate Bishop. And I kind of see where you're coming from a little bit, Fulia. But I thought that... I thought she was... I thought she was worse Previously, than she was in this episode in terms of her like uh, overconfidence, if you will. Um, But that's just my thoughts. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, it's going to be fun when we discuss the show as a whole (laughs) (laughs) later on when it ends. Um, But anyway, that's all right. Um, Mike, um, what were your thoughts on episode three of Hawkeye?
2: Yeah, um, it's getting to. it's almost getting to the well. It's halfway done, so it's getting to um, the uh, the the ending. <laughs> that works. Thank you for the sentence. Um, yeah it it's um it's getting there. Uh, I can see where Fuller is coming from. Um, especially with Kate Bishop as a character. I mean, she can be she she can can be and could be like an annoying character, uh, but. You know that's that's what the um relationship is, re- relationship is between her and Haw- Hawkeye. That she's the may I say naive sort sort of young young person uh, uh learning from from uh, her her favorite Avenger ever since she was a kid. But you know I'm I'm still holding faith that her character may may have the growth that that she needs to have at the end of the series and there, and yeah it's all to do with her family as well i mean essentially it's her story and with um hawkeye pretty much in the background and only coming in like with little bits and pieces i mean his story is also heartbreaking as well especially especially we we've learnt um like his body's sort of slowing down because of his age and and everything that we've seen him do as well. And now now he can't listen or anything like that. So I'm actually am enjoying, like, Clint's, like, story as well. Probably more mm. than Kate. But, you know, I, I could be a bit biased because I am a dad and and ever since I'm turning 30, everything hurts when you wake up. And yeah. <laughs> I, I guess yeah. I'll see it from there. But... Um. Yeah. Um. What else can I say? Uh. Well, starting with the um. Uh. uh Echoes uh, introduction. Um. Very interesting character. I think very good to have uh, at least a deaf person, a deaf actress actually playing a deaf person. Yeah. So, so you know, uh-huh. always good for that. And and mm-hmm. also where. Where she sort of fits in this story, I mean, yeah, we might might get a might get a kingpin or kingpins, maybe. But <laughs> and if that means I need to go back and watch Daredevil, okay, <laughs> then it's canon then. Yes. Okay. Um. And then we're gonna see Daredevil in in No Way Home as, as well, because that's the theory as well that. Um, his lawyer is going to be going to be Daredevil so yep oh well okay it, it'll be yeah okay <laughs> yeah it'll be like Star Wars where where the Ahsoka series you're gonna have to watch another TV show to to might get that so it's all connected in this great circle of life Kumbaya and yes yeah Hakuna Matata Hakuna Matata akinema what um <laughs> yeah i actually did enjoy this episode especially with the um uh, escape sequence uh, always good to have a nice stylized sort of thing uh it tops the um previous episode of the sort of fight between that i mean a ball pit is always mm. fun um and a lot of came- uh, a lot of uh, references to Ant Man as well. Maybe we'll be getting a Michael Douglas cameo, because essentially uh, Pim Tech is pretty much the only tech that's probably going to be um, uh, helping the Avengers, basically. Because Star- mm-hmm. Stark Industries is now now with Pepper, so whatever that is going to be doing with armor wars and all that, that's that's what that's doing. But um Hmm I'm trying to think of any other tech. I mean I don't yeah, I don't think they're going to be mentioning any other any others in this T V show. I think it's just going to be solely Pem pim te- Pem Pim Pentec. tech. Pentech. So Maybe a Michael Douglas cameo. I reckon, but by, by mm. the end of this, like hel- yeah. helping people out, helping the pretty much the only survivor of the original, <laughs> original Avengers. I mean, Thor's off world, and and Hogs uh, doing something. Mm. So yeah. It's always yeah. I I do find it interesting there's a lot of um, Ant-Man um references.
0: Me too. I feel like I feel like Paul Rudd's going to show up in this. Like I like the idea of Michael Douglas showing up and that's probably more plausible, but I something is telling me that Paul Rudd's going to show up in this, like just for a cameo. <laughs> It'd be funny.
2: Wouldn't it be funny if um the Rogers musical was actually funded by Pemtech Tech and that's why there's an Ant-Man <laughs> in this?
0: That would be great. That'd be so great. <laughs> That's my theory. Yeah, it's a good theory.
2: Yeah. Hopefully, Hawkeye doesn't die at the end.
0: No, I don't. Th- I don't think they're going to do nah. that. But there's there's definitely uh, reasons to think that way. But I don't. I don't think they will. Nah. Dad's
2: got to get back to family for Christmas. Yeah. Happy endings. Yeah. Planes, trains and automobiles. Even though it was that was Thanksgiving.
0: Yes. Still the holiday season, I suppose. Yeah,
2: trying to get home. But mm. things keep on propping up.
0: They do. Problems and yeah. such.
2: Is there anything you can think of?
0: Anything I can think yeah, of. Yeah
2: for this episode.
0: Like anything else to say? Yeah. Just in general? Yeah.
2: No? You like it? Yeah. I already talked about it. Okay. That's what I was asking.
0: <laughs> you just want to make sure I didn't leave anything. Yeah. In.
2: So what can I say? When are we be when are we going to be watching yeah. the next episode, Kendall? <laughs> next Wednesday? Cool.
0: Yes. Sorry. Roughly five o'clock. No, think like they're coming out closer to seven actually, Australian time, seven PM Eastern Standard Australian yeah, time. Okay. Yeah, uh, daylight savings time. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I don't have anything else to add. Um, I think I've said everything I wanted to say, and we. I think we've all covered it pretty evenly. Mm. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see where it goes. Yes. So, re- regardless of what happens and what direction they take, I'm I'm very excited and curious. So, it's going to be good. Yeah, episode four will be out this week, this Wednesday on Disney Plus. Get around it.
2: Get it up, yeah. <laughs>
0: Get it up, yeah. Get it up, yeah. All right, speaking of getting up things, um,
2: it's time. Get what? For the, <laughs> for the moment. The moment getting up? The, s- the segment. The segment of up.
0: The section. Going up. The place.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the part of the show we like to call. We would
2: like to call. Popcorn culture! Hopefully that sounds awesome.
0: <laughs> it looked awesome from my angle. <laughs> <laughs> yelling.
2: Yelling into a distant mic.
0: Yes. The advantages of having a boom. Boom it. Boom it.
2: Yeah, I like booms. Boom! boom. Snick, snick, boom.
0: All right. Snickety, boom. Okay. Woo. It's popcorn culture yes. time. Yes. Popcorn culture time. Alright, and of course, if you've been following us the last few weeks, for Popcorn Culture, we have been discussing the latest season of Doctor Who.
2: Um,
0: Uh, Doctor Who Flux, uh, the 13th season of the 13th Doctor. Um, This episode is called Survivors of the Flux. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, A good one, I'll I'll just say up top. Um, But I'm going to kick off our discussion by sharing Folia's notes, and we'll we'll talk about it from there. Um, Folia says, "Oh boy!" (laughs) exclamation mark. A lot to take in and digest. Lots of time jumping in this episode. I honestly don't know where to begin, so I will just give an overview of my thoughts. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, the universe is screwed! <laughs> Exclamation mark. <laughs> I don't know what the end game is for for the swarm, but it doesn't look good. And Prentice, what an evil snake, pun intended. Can't believe this is happening, but I hope the doctor and his, uh, his, and the doctor and her team figure it out quickly. I'm much concerned for the universe, says Fulia. Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. I'd be concerned too. This is this was some pretty epic, epic stuff going on. Like like you know, apocalyptic type situations happening. Complete destruction of the
2: universe.
0: Yes, yes. Um, so we learn a lot this episode about um, certain things and certain characters and and uh, yeah, a bit, a bit more about what the the flux is. Purposes, not really what the flux is, but like why it's doing what it's mm. doing. Um, yeah, I don't even I don't even know where to begin. To be honest, um, I will. I guess I'll just say that I I did. Yeah, I did enjoy this episode as well. Like I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, and the the fact that it jumped around a lot actually didn't bother me this time. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I did. It, it bothered me a bit in episode three. Um but i think that was probably because they weren't really dealing with the the main story like episode 3 was kind of a bottle episode that jumped all around yeah yeah with with like hints at the main story because i think that's when we were introduced to bell yeah was in episode 3 like this um,
2: one was more structured of okay we're actually following the, these particular characters but we know more about them, considering this is the second last episode, and mm. and yeah, it it definitely has that sort of um, uh, as I said before the sort of uh, everything and the kitchen sink sort of uh, style of storytelling. But you you actually have that sort of uh, backstory of each character that you have. So yeah, I can I can sort of appreciate that, but still, I'm I'm a bit concerned on which. Storylines are the most important,
1: okay?
2: Because I don't because yeah, it, the um, I'm only assuming that the flux um situation is actually the main one, considering it's called the flux, uh, and how the Doctor has very limited um uh, time or uh, resources to actually combat that, and and. And hopefully, hopefully everything is leading up to the same, same conclusion. With, especially with Dan and Yaz and and oh, what's his name, the professor. Um, uh, Jericho. Jericho, Captain Jericho. <laughs> I know, and and also um, Bell has met up with um, Cat- Catavista as well. So hopefully everything gets tied up at the end of uh, the next episode, or oh, otherwise I riot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fair enough. There are a lot
0: of separate storylines kind of going on that are connected, but they're still very separate. And with only one episode to go, it's going to be interesting to see how Chris Chibnall is weave them all in together. Um, yeah, so I'm—I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I hope I hope it works out because um, there's a lot of potential here for a, a really successful end to this Flux season. Mm. Of Doctor Who, I think.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm only hoping that um, it will be satisfying because, considering we do have other uh, episodes in the le- in next year, and and hopefully, and I'm only assuming that this series is actually setting up for stuff for that as well. So hopefully, they're not going to drop too many um, storylines by the end of this season. Well, uh, but I don't know. That's that's the problem with this sort of um, multi multi episode sort sort of thing because this is rare for Doctor Who for it because mm. usually it's just one story, one episode.
0: Mm, this is this is true. Um, yeah, like yeah. Based on what you've told me, that they they don't really do these. They're not really
2: big on overarching kind of stories like yeah. this. I mean, since the new series ca- came, there's always like the odd hint of what's going to happen at the end. And yeah. uh, and that's uh, sort of um, sprinkled uh, within every episode uh, of that particular season. Like the first season, yeah. it's all about bad wolf and how bad wolf sort of ends up at the end of uh, uh of series 1 of new who uh series 2 does does the same thing of um now i could be i could be wrong about this but yeah it's to do with um uh, the doctor not being alone and there's another time lord and that's been sprinkled throughout the the um season 2 as well and it kept on go- going with the um uh with the uh uh Russell T. Davis era era as well as the Stephen Moffat era. And and Chris Chibnall didn't really do it in his first season. Uh there was but the next season, season twelve, there was there there was some effort there was some uh sprinkling of uh the Timeless Child and we get to learn what the timeless child was so it sort of went back to what knew who was doing and this one of course it's all everything's all connected and and all storylines are mm. connected so it's very hard to have sort have a discussion of something that you haven't seen yet so yeah and that's why I have trouble talking about something that I haven't seen yet because it's weird <laughs> 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 fair enough,
0: fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with this episode. I mean, I really, I suppose I I, I might just start with like um, I I kind of enjoyed the like, even though I feel sad for for Yaz, uh, Dan, and um and uh, uh, Professor Jericho being stuck in the past for three years. Mm. Um, like that's shit. But I yeah, really but- kind of
2: like. <laughs> you think three years is shit.
0: Yeah, well yeah. I mean clearly they, they you know it could have been worse. Yeah. Um and I, I'm sure there are many other characters throughout Doctor Who that have experienced much worse at the hand of the weeping angels. Oh, um, not just the, we saw not that just last the week.
2: weeping angels, but Rory the Centurion uh spent um uh spent a hundred years looking after a box. Um <laughs> I think uh Amy I think Amy spent like sixty years on a on a um space station and that was a particularly um gut wrenching episode at the end. Uh and also the doctor was um in a temporal loop for about for about uh ten billion years.
1: Oh, cool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, not even going to touch that. Um, <laughs> I'll take back my remarks. Thank you, um, Michael, for context no, I'm, just, I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, three, three years. Three is pretty years damn sucks. good.
0: Yeah, three years sucks. Oh Lord. Anyway, I I did I did really enjoy the kind of um, you know Indiana Jones vibes that the three of them were emitting um, as they're kind of going on this archaeological quest, I suppose, to to uncover the supposed date that um you know the the battle for the future is going to take place and all this, um, which you don't find out until later in the episode that that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Um. And I and I kind of liked how they made you wait to find out what they were doing. Um. That was that was very clever. But I really love how Yaz kind of takes charge. Takes no shit. Like, she's just like, yep, this is fine. We can deal with this. This is what we have to do. This is what the doctor said, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's just on it and doesn't give two shits. And I just, I really, I really like that. Um, And I really, really liked, one of my favorite scenes in the episode was where Yaz is watching the hologram, like, recording of the doctor Mm. talking about you know, what what they need to be looking for and, and explaining that, like, through some very clever exposition and some, you know, predicting certain things that she'll say and, like, vice versa. Like, it just really kind of communicates to me for someone who hasn't really seen the previous couple of seasons. You know, I've only seen a handful of episodes, but to just that, just kind of me as a casual viewer in this kind of speaks a lot of volumes about just how close the two of them are as as friends. You know, she's not just a companion. She's a friend, um, a dear friend of the Doctor and vice versa. So I just, you really see that relationship between the two of them, that friendship. Um, and I just thought that was really nice and well well acted uh, um, by Amanda Gill. Um, she's fantastic. Um, I'm a big fan. So, uh, yeah, I really like that. What did you think, Mike, of the whole, the, the three, you know, the three musketeers if you will going 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 on their you know world journey to uncover things
2: yeah i really enjoyed it and um it, it's it's a shame it's only for one episode but i could watch like a tv show like that that yeah same that um they, that that uh these three people that are lost in time uh, and trying to fi- find a goal and going to different pl- places and yeah being being like Indiana jones uh, of uh, of the fetch quest of finding a date and yeah that that's re- really good and the ca- and the um uh character relationships between them is, uh, is also good like you, like throughout the se- series you get to see Dan and Yaz sort of going off each other, um, and and where, and also they're sort of bickering about where they came from as well, like Sheffield and Liverpool, and it's like, yeah, I don't know anything that about, about that, but I can sort of get get that sort of um, uh, op, uh that sort of reference of uh, my <laughs> my, the place where I live is better than your place, and all, and all that stuff. Yeah, and I like that. that. That was funny, and uh, also um, uh, Professor Jericho um sort of fits in well with within that it sort it sort of had that sort of um what uh what um uh, the dynamic that they used to have like with Graham and all, all that with the older gentleman like like um uh, who knows a little bit more than the uh like the young buck and all and all that so i really enjoyed that sort of thing and and um yeah i i didn't know jericho was going to be um uh, part part of the quest as well. Like I, I've... yeah. But mind you, um, it doesn't really explain what actually happened to them at the end of the previous episode. Like what happened to to the little girl, and how did they get off? How did they get out of the the place that was like crumbling around them? There was still, maybe there was still more, there's still more to to talk about that. So
0: true. Um, maybe I know my theory I, for that might be. I think that um, because you know the only reason it was in this you know, pocket dimension, um, was because the angels were trying to find that rogue angel, so they'd taken the town out of uh-huh, okay. you know. So I feel like because they. No, they didn't get what they came for, but they got something that they wanted, which was the doctor. Mm. So uh, that that was enough for them to go, okay, let's reset it, and they put it back. And that's that's that. I think that's I think that's ha- kind of how you have to explain it in your okay. head. But you're right. They don't really kind of. They probably should have put something like that in at the beginning of the episode to maybe just, you know, just a quick like, ten second, thirty second thing of like, this is what's happened, and this is how they were able yeah. to. Keep yeah. going. Yeah.
2: It'll be nice to have like a little bit of dialogue, but you know, I I, I expect yeah uh, I, I expect too much of Doctor Who.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to explain something about time. Where's, where's really? his
2: plotline? Uh, okay, forget about it. Okay, next, let's move on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, scene wrap. And next <laughs> and we're on. You're on board. <laughs> Catch up. Catch up. Yes, we're going fast. Um, yeah, no, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, I... What's the next thing we can talk about? Because, like, because you have that storyline going on with them. Um, and then it, I think we'll save the, the Doctor storyline for the yeah. end. Because that kind of t- ties into the ending of the episode. Yeah. Um, but the the other two storylines that are going on in this one, we have what's going on with Belle and Easter, and then we also have what's going on, um... Uh, with Prentice aka the grand um, serpent, serpent guy the grand serpent um yeah so who where do you want to go first i suppose
2: Mike? we can do bell and calavista because there's not really much to do with that one i mean no Belle was true. trying to find, uh steal a ship to get back to uh, Venda. yeah and um yeah and cala and um apprehended her and and then the ending happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, I suppose there's not really too much to it. Did I miss the part though, where because at the at the beginning, like, cause like we find, I think we found out last week that Bell was in a Lupari ship. I think that was last week we found that um, out. Or was that this week? it uh, we was this out?
2: week. It was at the start.
0: Oh, I thought it was last week. Okay. No, you're probably right and I'm just remembering it wrong. Um I I did watch this episode a few days ago, That's so right. I think um, cause I, had a busy I think week.
2: after the um well <laughs> tomorrow's episode drops um at at time of recording. Uh we we'll probably need yes. to rewatch the entire thing actually get uh, and actually make more sense.
0: Yeah, true. Context is everything. Um, and, you know, hindsight and whatnot. Um, but anyway, yeah, I was trying to figure out because, like, I thought she was already... So, like, the break... Because Carvin... The first time we see Carvin Easter in this episode, he's, like, talking about how... And we're seeing how one of the ships, Ulupari's ships, leaves formation. Mm. And he's, like, freaking out about it. Because, you know, that leaves Earth vulnerable to attack. Um... And um, that's not great. So, but then, because I thought Belle was already on a Lupari ship. But is she on the ship that's broken formation? Is that what happened?
2: Mm, I can't quite remember.
0: Or am I? Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, God. Someone yell at us somehow. Tell us what happened. Um, But anyway, because I just thought, thought it was confusing to me as to what was going on at the start there with that but unless it was just me and i had a moment where i zoned out maybe i don't know yeah Um, it
2: was going too quick and
0: there was a lot oh yeah there was the pacing was very fast in this episode You barely had time to kind of digest what was happening in one scene before it would jump to another i suppose that was probably the only downside to the jumping around of timelines um and stories in this episode but um but yeah but no it was good to see carvenista again like it's nice that he wasn't just a, a one-off because i think he's pretty great and i hope we get more scenes with him and dan um <laughs> together because that was bloody fantastic um but um but no the yeah him seeing him and bell um was interesting and their their little di- taste of their dynamic that we got um which was which was good but yeah i don't really have too much else to say i suppose There's not too much to unpack from that is there yeah.
2: No, and then they get apprehended by um Sontarans. Spoiler alert.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh. dude. I mean, not to jump to the ending, but when the fucking Sontarans showed up, I was like, "Fuck."
2: It's like <laughs> what again? It's like, oh, makes sense. They're they're fucking relentless. Yeah. They, they are. I don't believe in do. Uh, if you keep on going, if you do the same thing twice, there's going to be different. Ram different results.
0: Ramifications. Yeah. 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 They don't believe in the definition
2: of insanity. No. Because no. they are no. insanity incarnate. Right?
0: They are. They clearly are. Alright, well let's talk about um the grand serpent Prentice, shall we? Um, yes.
2: Let's mm. and talk about how this fits in with classic Who.
0: Yes, because I watched a video. Um, that unpacked the episode a little bit and there was a reference to the third Doctor, I believe yes,
2: and the first Doctor well, sort of the first Doctor as well it's sort of um, essentially this is the uh, establishment of Unit itself and uh, essentially um, Unit was established was well established after one particular episode of the first Doctor uh, called the War War Machine Okay. how um the, the um i can can't quite remember if it was um alien based but it was definitely like a, a alien technology as well of this of this war machine like attacking attacking london and so so you know um united nations says okay we need like a a a force to actually tackle this sort of thing so and that happened in 19 yeah nineteen six in the 1960s like 1966 i think okay. so so yeah and and um apparently uh, the um uh, the grand serpent was there from the beginning
0: yeah so so he's like kind of retconned himself into the the timeline of what we know of certain, you know, of the way unit was formed, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like in this particular episode, um, it, it was established. Uh, it, it was being established and we get the cut back in different sort of t- time periods uh, from pretty much different, uh, especially that um, 19... I want to say 1970 sort of scene where... or No, 1970... S-
0: Ninth, is yeah, 1967
2: where where it yeah. went back and uh we we get to hear an off cameo of a, a of a doctor who um companion called um the brigadier uh G- uh alastair uh gordon Leth- lethbridge stewart who was corporal then he wasn't brigadier yet so and and what was really great they actually got a little snippet of um uh nicholas courtney who who played him who's no longer with us but he played the brigadier and the doctor actually met the brigadier like like uh throughout almost every reincarnation in classic who so yeah, yeah right. so that that was that was pretty cool and uh that's very yeah. cool and the tardis that uh you get to see is the third doctor's tardis i want to say Because it looked very, it it definitely looked very different to the TARDIS that we've that we've seen, so yeah, yeah, so they've definitely modelled everything in that um, particular base from what they had during during the sixties. So that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, because my because I you know I'm obviously so new to this, I kind of when I saw that they had a TARDIS there and it was 1967 i just assumed it was Thirteen's tARDIS from last week's episode because obviously the tARDIS was was left behind yeah, right yeah yeah so i just assumed it was that but yeah you, you're saying and the internet is saying that it's actually the third doctor's which could also work in theory because it's like well you know obviously the third doctor was around at that point yeah. so or had or had been around so that make that would make sense yeah maybe i was maybe i was just thinking too much no no, no it.
2: it's it's, <laughs> it's very tricky because there actually is um a precedent for the same tardis uh being in the same timeline uh at the same time like in uh i think you've seen day of the doctor where you have the 11th doctor and the 12th doctor coming out of two different tardises and they both look different yeah yeah I th- true i think it's that sort sort of thing having said that i think i think they're more settled for uh it's a different uh, ta- it's the same tardis but in a different um in a different area and a different sort of style as well but in the 5th doctor uh, in the five doctors the episode the, the 25th anniversary episode that was back during the 80s um at the end of the episode all the doctors climbed into the same tARDIS but they but each doctor actually sort of uh took off in different uh, took off in di- in the same tARDIS so it sort of looked like oh this that do- this doctor went went over here this doctor went over there so uh, yeah, so I'm thinking it's the same TARDIS, just, uh, just with a different paint job.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Wibbly okay. wobbly timey oh, whammy. That works. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly timey whammy. And also, Mike, can I just get you to clarify something for me as well? Sure. So, um, I didn't, I didn't count a unit in a couple of episodes on that wonderful list you recommended I watch, um, so am I basically just to understand that unit is just this military organization that is just aware of the existence of the doctor and aware of the existence of extraterrestrial life. Yes,
2: yes. Um it was established that there's there's existential ec- there's no not existential, there's extraterrestrial um threats uh and yeah. They know of them and of course they know of the do- doctor and and the person and i can't remember which season it was but there was one particular episode where um the 13th doctor wanted to get hold of Kate Stewart that we meet in this episode and it turns out mm-hmm. that a unit was disbanded uh for for no right. particular reason and and there was of course some people in the in the um fandom going how dare you do that unit is a fucking powerhouse and it should be around forever and and yeah so this would and this particular um episode would actually explain why it was disbanded because of the events of what's happening so it's sort of like a retcon of a retcon so it yeah, wasn't right. really expand, uh, disbanded, but it would explain what is happening with UNIT at this okay. particular time, and and yeah, UNIT has always been there to help the doctor, and also uh, the doctor was always uh, not that uh, they would admit it, but they would need UNIT uh, UNIT's help as well, like yeah, the yeah. like um, UNIT was very involved with. Doctor Who stories with the third Doctor because he was ex- he was exiled um, on Earth in in his first couple of seasons because a filming on Earth is a whole lot cheaper than building a set that looks like outer space and all, all that and also and also too, um they wanted to do something different with the Doctor as well of having like some sort of um, Military sort of thing that we haven't seen before uh, and mm-hmm. yeah so unit does does crop up uh twice in the second doctor episodes as well and they and they battled yetis in in the London underground as well as cybermen yeah. oh wow, and I, I just know them from off the top of my head so and also the brigadier was there as well he's always yeah, wow. Been,
0: He's always yeah. been there. That's very cool. Um, cool. So basically, Prentice, the Grand Serpent, um, is kind of kind of doing a, a Hydra infiltrating Shield sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. In a, in a way, um, which I thought was very clever. Um, how how exactly? Like, cause I don't think it's exactly explained how or why he's there. Like, I think. I think maybe the wise kind of explain like as I think they they kind of explained it at the end of the episode how um because earth is the kind of the last whole planet I suppose remaining in the universe yeah. so people are going to try and fight for it because they want to take hold of it because they you know they need it to survive yeah, resources of so, all that
2: and we get and we see that in the previous yeah. episode of uh, of all all yeah. these- basically refugees on this pl- on this half planet because it's been blown to smithereens because of because the fl- it's been flux.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that makes sense, but how how like how did the the grand serpent like have the time travel capabilities to go back and implant himself um, as an integral part of unit throughout time do you do you have any theories on this or do you do you think they'll explain it
2: or we'll, we'll just have to accept um, it because it's a time travel I'm show. thinking they'll probably explain it um possibly it's not time travel as well okay because I don't know he could it could be like a, he could be a, a time Lord himself and it's the same time he, he's the same time Lord he' has been roaming the earth for for hunt for a yeah, well, hundred years, and mm. and he only inserts himself when um, a particular timeline is n- not working for him or what unit is doing. Because if you have like a if you have like a um, a, a military task force to combat um, outer outer space people coming in, you can't really have that if the only the only uh, the only planet in the entire universe is safe because of uh Cavernista and all and and everything and there was a, and yeah. yeah and it all all falls into place where one particular ship is out and so so a lot of crap is gonna get in
0: get and in there yeah.
2: and when unit is gone then they can take over the world basically because because yeah. you because um unit does you probably know it more than me because you've recently seen it. But the Sontarans, um, Stratis- and, um, uh, and the, the, the 10th Doctor episode that I showed you. Yeah. Had, had yeah, unit yeah, yeah. as the well.
0: Tw- the t- the two parter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So,
2: uh, if, if unit wasn't there, then the human race would have been overrun by, overrun by Sontarans. So, mm. no more unit. S- Sontarans are coming, coming back to um, take over Earth again, and again, and there's going to be more, more waves of different aliens coming in, uh, including mm. Daleks, including son- um, um, Cybermen. Sorry, not to jump ahead, but every- no, everything right. is coming. Everything's coming to Earth, yeah. and it's scary.
0: Yeah. Very scary. It's very concerning. Very concerning. Um, I'm not too familiar with um, Kate Stewart, um, but I, I really liked what they did mm. with her in this episode because, uh, you know, we see throughout these all these different scenes of, of Prentice interacting with different, like, heads of, of unit, I'm guessing, um, or different unit higher-ups, um, and they're you know, they're not seeing through his ruse and the fact that he he never ages and he's, you know, manipulating things to a certain way. Um, but she sees straight through his BS and I, I loved that. I thought that was very clever. Um, and yeah, I would like to see more of her um, because she seems like a really cool character. So, um, and I just, I just kind of liked the whole, like it just had a, you know, an, and the M from James Bond, like a Judy Dench from James Bond kind of vibe, where she just doesn't take no crap, and she she plays her own yeah. game, um, and she knows how to get out of the shit um, when like she knows when she's about to die, essentially, and she gets gone. Um, so I thought I thought that was really cool too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Kate Stewart is the daughter of Alastair. Uh, so, yes,
0: yes. I had a feeling. So yeah.
2: essentially, she's the surrogate of the Brigadier. Without having Nicholas Courtney around, unfortunately, but mm. and an interesting tidbit with Kate Stewart, especially that actress, um, she wasn't really canon until the, until New Who, but she did play Kate Stewart in a couple of um, fan made uh, episodes of Doctor Who. Ah. And it, and the only reason why they sort of let that be canon is because Nicholas Courtney played the Brigadier in that in those in those sort of fan made oh, episodes as well. That's cool. Yeah. So so it's sort of um, in, in the twilight of um, Doctor Who not really being a thing, being a thing in the nineties and and early noughties. Uh, people still made Doctor Who content, and that was. And that was also on um, Big Finish Audio as well, where they got previous Doctor Who uh, uh, doctors as well as companions coming back to do, like, official, non-official canon uh, episodes of Doctor Who in in Big Finish. But there has been a lot of crossover um, uh, canon sort of stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a big theory, and I'll probably get it, Get more into it when we're talking about the Doctor Who, uh, the Doctor stuff. When when uh, what happens there, but there is a a theory that the second Doctor had a six, uh, had a six season, but also a six uh, B season. Oh, and the only reason why they had that is to explain a lot of stuff that doesn't really make sense. Cause okay. especially with the second Doctor coming back to do, uh, to do Doctor Who again as the second Doctor, but he's aged, and also and right. also he had grey hair in one, so they tried to explain why he had grey hair is because he actually um, was in was part of like a CIA for the Time Lords, where he had to be controlled to actually go into particular things. Uh, particular timelines and particular areas to actually make sure this uh, certain things would happen as well, and he and that's why he mm. was like a, he was like age appropriate and all, on all this, and he had control of his TARDIS. He actually knew how to control his TARDIS, where um, the second Doctor couldn't control his TARDIS. In in the in the show, it's like, where are we going? I don't know. Push some buttons, see what happens. That sort of thing, but he he knew how to control these tardis for some reason. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so so it's all to do with like putting the p- puzzles in. But I say this of um, ex- trying to explain six uh, B season. A lot of people are fi- finding parallel things with the fugitive doctor.
1: Okay, um,
2: what is happening with? Um, the fugitive doctor and Kavanista being part of the division
1: so yes.
2: are they saying that 6b theory of doctor who is a thing because of of the division so it could be a fan theory that's been around since mm. since, uh, since I'm thinking the 80s 'Cause they were trying to explain why the second doctor had grey hair, which which he didn't in his in his no. own car- he was he had black hair. So this fan theory that's been around since the eighties, either is Chipnall going to explain everything about Doctor Who and he's just gonna leave it at that and go.
0: <laughs> Literally mic drop and it's like, y- get I the fuck out. I fixed Doctor
2: Who. See ya motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Holy or shit. The theory that I had had um when when we when we met this old lady is like are they really going to reset um uh Doctor Who and like start from the beginning and and nothing happened there and and it's just a ba- ba- basically a factory reset of Doctor Who. If Jeno does that there's going to be a lot of people really upset. But, maybe Doctor Who needs a factory reset <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i i can't i I can't really speak to that, but for me i don't think i don't think i i don't think I would want it to start from scratch, but by what you tell me and about how how the story tends to contradict itself a lot um, in terms of, you know, certain, you know, things that have happened and certain characters and, and certain, you know, abilities of certain whatever, you know, maybe a reset would be a good idea. Wipe the slate clean, start fresh, build your own continuity. Like that that'd be that'd you know, I mean, I'm sure Russell T. Davies would enjoy coming in to a Doctor Who that he can do whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah, with.
2: and every um uh script script editor, no, showrunner, um, has their own different take. I mean Yeah. Because um, Russell T actually decided, okay, there's no Gallifrey, there's no there's no other time lords, it's just gonna be the doctor and that's it. Just, just to get rid of like so much stuff and so much baggage from um, the classic series, but then he got really annoyed when Stephen Moffat brought brought back Gallifrey and the time and the Time Lords. Yeah, <laughs> in the um, Doctor Who 50th anniversary special, and and now it's like no, nah, they're not really back. They're just in a pocket dimension where the Doctor can still. Travel back to Gallifrey and all, and all this stuff. So, so each uh, showrunner has their own sort of ideas for Doctor Who. So, mm. um, and that's why I enjoy it because every theory is valid.
0: Very true. <laughs> Nothing's off the no. table. Nothing is off the table. All right. Well, I think we might get to the meat yes. of it now. Get get to the main, the main story. Uh, of this episode, uh, of course, which revolves around the doctor. Um, and, you know, we get the, the weeping angel thing resolved pretty quickly. Um, although that was very creepy at the beginning. Um, you know, watching her come out of the stone and go back into the stone. And the, <laughs> how the angels were tormenting her and saying that they, they find it amusing that they're doing this. And, and, all, and like, I'm just like, you guys are fucking weird. But I love it. Um I love it. Like that that was that was really interesting. But then the fact that we we basically end up at this point that exists outside of um any any universe. Like it's it's literally that we find out it's the division base and it exists between two universes. So the universe that we know where the doctor you know is from and well supposedly, who knows. Um, but where the the Doctor Who canon exists, as we know it, um, in this universe. And then, you know, you, you get this beautiful visual mm. shot of of the base and then the two universes on either side that looked fucking amazing. Um, and then, yeah. And then basically we get introduced to um, an Ood, which I've not met before. I've never met an Ood. <laughs> um, so <laughs> So that was interesting for me. And I really... I really enjoyed, uh, the, there's a, like one scene of, um, funny dialogue between the doctor and the Ood and s- about rabbits and hats and stuff. And I thought that was quite amusing. <laughs> um, <laughs> seems like the, it seems like the Ood are a race that kind of, um, uh, you know, they don't, metaphors aren't a thing for No, them. they're quite literal. Um, they, 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 very literal creatures yeah which i i thought was uh, amusing um and but yeah so that was that was cool but then of course you know the big big thing is that this is where we get our exposition about the division um and about who this old lady was that we saw a couple of weeks ago um talking to the doctor uh and i i did not see that coming no. Um, about who she was I feel like in hindsight I feel like I should have guessed it but um, but yeah we got some got some answers kind of sort of revolving around the whole timeless child mm-hmm. of it all um, and the fact that the the old lady is actually um, the one who found the doctor originally. Um, and then there's this device that looks like a pocket watch that looks super cool that ha- actually has stored, the past lives of the Doctor before William
2: Hartnell is my understanding. Yeah, quick backstory on that. Uh, that's, Go. That uh, cropped up in see- season two, where the Doctor, where wow. the Doctor see- season two of New Who, sorry, yeah, New Who, where yep. the Doctor wow. uh, at the start of the episode, we uh, the Doctor has to hide from this particular um, enemy because. Because well, because is the big um, spoiler at the end. But he ha- he has to um, escape from them because they know who he is. He is a because t- they know he's a time lord and and they can sense him. So he has to turn himself human. And so and so this pocket watch is uh, Gallifreyan in-, in origin, where where. Yeah. It- if you open it, then the doctor will uh, get his memories back, and he'll become um, uh, he'll become not human. He'll become uh, Gallifreyan again, and and so that particular episode was a precursor to the end of the episode where we find another pocket watch being owned by a, a, an old gentleman who was helping the doctor with. With a cer- certain project, but but um, the doctor, if he if he picks up the um, uh, pocket watch, and and he'll think it's just a pocket watch and not open it, but he has to um, open it himself. It's that sort of um, genie in a bottle so- sort of thing. So right. and so at the end of. Uh, Another particular episode where where the old man with the pocket watch is like, I've always had this pocket watch, and I don't know why. So they open the pocket watch, and it turns out it's the master. So the yeah, so oh. the master was was in hiding. So sorry, I spoiled two wow. episodes already. So
0: no, that's okay. That's all right. I don't <laughs> so, mind.
2: So yeah, um, that that's cool. And so uh, that uh, the pocket watch, it, they're all different pocket watches. So so um. Uh, we don't see. Okay, we don't. We don't predominantly see a pocket watch yet until the episode of the Fugitive Doctor, and we and so the and right. so the Fugitive Doctor is living on Earth as a human, just live just living her life, and and um, all of a sudden it's like oh my God, there's a pocket watch here. Who are you? So open it, and it turns out it's a reincarnation of the Doctor, and and her TARDIS is buried under. It, buried underneath um, uh, where where she was living so yeah there. so um and so the pocket watcher comes back here and uh but there is a difference where it's it's uh it's not going to t- it we, well it's interesting because it by law it's not it doesn't work because the doctor is is not human and but the memories are in there as well. So if the so by the end of the episode um the pocket watch is open so we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe she'll get her memories back from what the division has done. So that is basically saying, Okay, all the memories that um she has of the fugitive doctor will come back and there's going to be a lot of explanation about that in the next episode but yeah, we still need to tackle Earth and what's happening on Earth so this is the reason why I'm a bit worried about what they're going to do in the next episode and and certain yeah. things are going to crop up so yeah that's what the pocket watch is basically
0: Okay. I have a thought. I think there's so much going on um, and you're right and next week's going to be intense and and full on um, due to that fact. So I think that um, because as you've said uh, obviously this isn't the end of Jodie as the Doctor. There's still going to be a couple of more. more. So I feel like they've set up they've laid the pocket watch out now they've set that up now i think next week it'll be this MacGuffin because obviously as we saw swarm uh killed tektaon which is not great um wasn't expecting that either um and i feel like this pocket watch is going to become this MacGuffin for the doctor to get to um and you know and and so the part of the episode next week will be about that I think but then it'll majority majority of it will focus on swarms or and wrapping up the flux storyline with what's going on on earth and that the resolution of the watch will come into play in the specials that are special episodes that are going to be airing next year but that's that's just what I think I don't know I don't know how right I'll be but yeah I don't know. I feel like in terms of storytelling, there's just there's just so much already going on going into the finale mm. of The Flux next week. So, um but yeah, all very very
2: interesting. Yeah. I want to find out because I distinctly remember Swarm actually opening opening the um the uh pocket watch like it was the last shot.
0: No, I th- wasn't the last shot Swarm reaching for the doctor to like
2: Kill her. Uh, swarm follows the doctor Doesn't to the division spacecraft and, pl- and plan on excavating revenge upon the, uh, the, the, upon division uh, who had them imprisoned. Swarm <laughs> approaches the doctor to do the same to kill him. Oh, well, maybe I'm just thinking, thinking ahead. <laughs> maybe you just maybe you just <laughs> have to a pocket watch. A- anyway.
0: Yeah, no, that's all right. Yeah, the no, the episode ended with yeah, swarm like reaching out to touch the doctor and going
2: to turn him into into red mush. Yeah, bit full on sparkly (laughs)
0: red mush. Yeah, very full on, very full on, but a good visual effect. Yeah,
2: so yeah, killing Tectorum is annoying. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I don't like that uh, personally. Well, at least um, we dropped that storyline like f- of
2: uh, of um, is, was the doctor discovered? Was she stolen? Was whatever. So yeah. I think they're going to bury that until the next next couple of episodes. So
1: yeah, I think it's. I think, I think so. they're
2: going to focus, focus focus more on the uh, flux, and. How the Doctor is going to combat that and save the universe and well, universe and the world, world as in Earth. Yeah.
0: Yes. Well. Yeah i i had I had a question about the um the flux because town says that uh you know the flux happened because of the Doctor. Mm. The doctor didn't create the flux, no, no, no. but the division se- division division set it in motion because of what the doctor was doing. Because it wasn't like let me get this straight. Because division is uh, kind of like the TVA, but they interfere with events, whereas the doctor will, you know, try to correct any interference and have things play out as they should. Yeah, Am I right? Yeah.
2: Uh, essentially, okay. the Time Lords um, were what we know of the Time Lords until quite recently. Uh, they were just overwatchers of time and did nothing, basically. They thought they were more superior than any other um, race being or anything of the time. And um, that changed with uh, Chipnell where where they explain more about um the timeless child and how uh when uh to him, uh discovered the doctor and discovered that uh this creature because we still don't know what the doc- doctor is not necessarily a yeah. time but but uh this child can regenerate into a different body and mm. The Gallifreyans, not Time Lords yet, but the uh, uh took that um, ability and made it their own. And so, with that, they became pretty much powerful because they could never die, uh, yeah. unless it's like severe old age, and then they regenerate. And and these and they can only have uh, twelve regenerations. That was what the law. Uh, that's what Doctor Who law and canon was. That uh, time lords can only regenerate twelve times, and a lot of people thought the Doctor, being a time lord, can only regenerate twelve times. Until <laughs> Stephen Moffat <laughs> threw a huge curveball with that, when when um uh the Doctor was about to regenerate uh in a 10th in a 10th uh, the 10th doctor was about to regenerate but he didn't regenerate he just regenerated his body but he put all his regeneration into a severed hand he just had um handy so technically the uh 10th uh, doctor is also the 11th doctor yeah and having and having said that so the 11th doctor is really um the 12th doctor so at the end of his tenure he couldn't he he quote unquote couldn't he thought he couldn't regenerate because he used he used up all his um regenerations so it it went uh, first doctor second doctor third doctor fourth doctor fifth doctor sixth doctor seventh doctor eighth doctor um John Hurt's doctor, uh, Christopher Eccleston, mm-hmm. uh, David Tennant, Matt Smith. So he already had thirteen lives. So yeah, right. So by law he couldn't regenerate until um, uh, the uh, until the Time Lords from a different dimension. This is by this is by the time they're in a different dimension in a pocket dimension. Uh, in a rip of time, they actually sent, sent him some some new lives, but now, and he regenerated into Peter Capaldi, who is actually the thirteenth Doctor, but really is the first Doctor of a new generation lifestyle that we thought. <laughs> so, so now, so now, because <laughs> of Chibnall, uh he could regenerate anyway and he has and he has yeah. many regenerations he could be regeneration yeah, right. uh, 100 by now so so it does fix it but it also breaks it
0: <laughs> jesus christ
2: and and so what yeah. was i originally going to say um, i don't no, remember he, he, yeah the division so essentially, essentially the the yes. division is is uh a time Lord sort of CIA sort of thing where they they went into yeah. maybe we we still don't know if it was nefarious or anything like that, but essentially what we learn is the time lords actually take technology and they they have it for themselves so essentially they're they're colonizers and and so right. division may be a secret organization that we did not know what uh the time lords had and and so they were te- taking things, maybe, uh, taking technology, taking knowledge, and just trying to be the most, um, the grand poobah of the entire uh, entire um, space and all that. Yeah. So, and now Taktoum is dead. Does that mean Division is dead?
0: Yeah, I mean... Who else is involved with division? Who else is a part of division? I mean do we we don't know if at all, yeah, right, just
2: different agents, like weeping angels, Cuta Vista was one mm-hmm. at a time. um mm-hmm. the fugitive doctor is now somewhere, so i don't don't think that she's part of it anymore, but there's still agents around. It's just there's no leader anymore, so essentially you cut the head off. It's like what what are these people going to be doing, um yeah. Yeah, so it's all complicated.
0: Yeah, and what, like, if Swarm and Azur's aim was to get revenge for being, you know, for Swarm being imprisoned for thousands and thousands of years or millions of years or however long, um, now that he's taken out Tektayun, does that, you know... And now, obviously, he just wants to take out the Doctor because why not, I guess? Um, and But probably because of the fugitive Doctor, I would I would wager... Um, what, you know, what's, what's, what's the end game for our villains now? Um,
2: it's possibly to do with knowledge. Cause they're in prison right. for some reason and yeah. they know the doctor, but the doctor doesn't know them. So mm. that would mean whatever's in that fog watch would explain it on why on why yeah. the division is going after the doctor again and setting the flux to basically base uh, mm. uh, okay the doctor is basically a cockroach that you see in your house you don't go looking you you don't go looking for it because it's too hard to catch too too hard to find. What you do is you send in a ro- roach bomb to mm-hmm. to get it and hope for the best, but it didn't work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I buy
2: that. So essentially, they analogy. destroyed the. Um, they, they, dest- they they are destroying the universe in vain, and the o- and the only ones who are surviving are humans on planet Earth and the Doctor. Who who is now in in the in the base of uh, of the division? Yeah. So yeah, Doctor can't be destroyed.
0: Crikey. No, no. The Doctor is a cockroach and one that we we like yeah. quite a bit.
2: Cockroach with a top hat.
0: <laughs> cockroach with a top hat. Yes. Yes. Um. Cool. Well, I guess the only other thing to just quickly mention would be the fact that um uh Vinda got sucked in by a passenger. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> mm. Um and conveniently for plot reasons, um found, ran in, ran into Di, Diane, um who as we know was was already uh encased inside a passenger. Um and the two of them are teaming up to f- get out, figure out a way to to escape, I I'm guessing. I don't know. That, that'll that be one subplot of next week's episode, yeah. I imagine. I
2: think passengers are, are mm. ga- either. Um, the universe is saved. Everything goes back to where it was. It's like, oh, where are the people? They're in passengers. So it's, go- it's going to be like a mm. failsafe. It's like, oh, we can just crack open these passengers and everyone's back to where it was and, quote, unquote, everyone's back back to normal. That could be yeah. a thing. So.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's quite possible.
2: Or they come out too early Very because true. of Vinda and Diane. They find they find the switch. They switch it, and then
0: yeah, and then done. Yeah. Cool. Well, I don't really have much else to say. I don't think. Mike, are you? You have any final closing thoughts on the penultimate <laughs> episode of
2: Flux? Um, no, um, I'm actually. I'm actually quite happy on where where it is now. I'm just a bit nervous of how it's going to hit the landing pad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So
2: I'm... I'm sceptical, but I'm also hopeful. Me too. Me too. Um,
0: There's a lot of... Yeah, as we said earlier, there's just a lot of potential, I think, for the payoff to be very good. Very, very good. So I, I hope... I hope it really does hit that landing as you say. Um that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very great. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I think that's it. I think
2: that's it too.
0: Oh, I think that's it. That was a big epic discussion. Um hope you guys enjoyed oh, there that. Was lot. I there know. was a
2: lot of uh, Easter eggs in it, so
0: Yeah. A lot of a lot of universe to unpack. <laughs> um it's very cool. Um cool. Well um I think that just brings us right to the end of the yes. show. I think we're 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 we- done. It's been a mm. big one. Thanks thanks for sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> Alright ready <laughs> a one two. a two a three. And that, and that was a podcast, was a podcast called, called Fred. Fred. Wee. Wee. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content.
2: If you like to listen to Fred the Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. If you would like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to YouTube.com slash Fred the Alien
0: Yes. I've been a Kendall Richardson.
2: I've been a Michael Lister in a different dimension. Dimension. And, and you've, you've just, experienced just experienced a podcast, a podcast called, called Fred. Fred. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Roll.
0: Thanks for listening,
2: everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember to eat beef. Yes. Yes. Freddy okay. lives. Loki dies. The Doctor is in. And Chipnol, please don't fuck this up.
1: <laughs>
0: please
2: don't fuck it up. Please, mm. please. Live by that mantra. Yes, yes. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Oh, it's almost Christmas. It is. I was gonna say to the tune of Don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up, don't (laughs) fuck it up, don't fuck it up Don't Don't fuck it up, you stupid (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: Nice. But most importantly, remember to look after yourself and your mental health.
2: Yes. You only get one. You only get
0: one brain. Use it wisely.
2: Hmm. You know, a mime is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> any Any uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights fans out?
0: <laughs> I have not watched that movie in forever. <laughs> um, still good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. It's Mel Brooks.
2: Yeah. Well, out of all the Mel Brooks uh, movies, it's... It's up there. It's not one of my favorites, but it's up there. Mm. That's fair enough.
0: That is definitely fair. enough. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Nice. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <clears throat> and, uh, and,
2: and, and, uh, and 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 s- and 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 and
1: and 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 and
2: and 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 and
1: and 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 and
2: Batteries not included.